Yeah. This episode of More Knows with Harry Moros is brought to you by Suicide Dolls. That's right, Suicide Dolls. We've all had those feelings where we mess something up at the office. Maybe you have like a grammatical error in a tweet and you're like, God, I wish it was dead. I wish I could just fucking jump off a ledge right now. Well, with Suicide Dolls, you don't have to do it and you can still experience that feeling of fleeting life. That's right. Just send Suicide Dolls a picture of your face, a small description of your body frame, height, that sort of thing, and they will send you a pack of 12 you dolls that you can kill at will. So let's say you're driving on the street, you miss your exit, you want to fucking jump out the car and kill yourself. Don't worry about that. Just throw one of the suicide dolls at a bus or something. Watch the head fly off like it's in RoboCop. That'd be pretty fun. You could shove a black hat up its butt. Uh, you could go fishing with that suicide doll. You can think of, think of all the creative ways that you could off yourself without actually offing yourself. So suicide dolls are there for your grieving, relieving pleasure. Okie dokie, I got some hair plugs for you, shows of mine coming up. I'm going to be at Delicious Vinyl in Hollywood on March 8th. I'm going to be at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego March 9th. Laugh Fest in Michigan on March 11th and 12th. Both those shows are fucking free, so come out to them, especially if you're part of my Michigan crew. Uh, then Cranes is having the one-year anniversary. We just added another person to our lineup. It's going to be, it's really just going to be bonkers. you got to come. That'll be on March 13th at 8 p.m. Uh, on March 15th, I will be at Bark in Pasadena, and then I got stuff in April and May and June, and that's all uh, coming along the way. But right now, I'm just here in my apartment recording this intro to the second episode of More Knows with Harry Moros, this very podcast. Sitting here waiting for Sessions to recuse himself or to resign uh, because of his connections with the Russian ambassador and his meetings and his lying under oath. Just your run-of-the-mill treasonous behavior out of politicians, you know, standard type shit. I'm so happy that guy's going to go down in flames. I really, I really hope it gets... Even worse for him. Uh, and I am of Russian descent, personally. I've got the Russian coat of arms tattooed on my back. Can you say regret? If I'm being honest, I got it because I just started getting really into hockey in Detroit. Had the Russian five, Fatizov, Liryanov, Konstantinov, Kozlov, and Fedorov just lighting it up back in the 90s. And instead of practicing and getting better at hockey to form a connection with those guys, I just got the Russian coat of arms tattooed on my back. Because that's what makes a real good hockey player, right? That and having a hockey mullet. I had a beautiful hockey mullet for a long time. And baby, did it look good. If you want to see pictures of it, you got it on my Facebook. You can find it on my Facebook. You got to do some digging, but you'll see them. You'll be looking at my hair and be like, my God, this was a waste of my time. Cool. Cool. My guest today is Pedro Salinas. He's a buddy of mine back from L.A. He lives in New York now. But we met when we were both, I think, just kind of starting out doing the stand-up thing, and we started an open mic together along with Sarah Morisano at a Chinese restaurant called The Palace. It was, it was a blast. It used to get packed out. A ton of people would come to it. People would have great sets there. We talk a little bit about it on the podcast. But like I said, now he lives in New York. He, he blew up in L.A. He's going to blow up in New York, too. you got to see him if he's on a bill. I, we did a show together after this podcast. We did Rod Stewart Live. I'm uh, recording this part way late, but that's not that big a deal. He, he crushed. It was, it was an amazing set, and I am happy I got to see him perform in such a wonderful, bright light. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I bring to you the lovely, the funny, the smart, the well-read Pedro Salinas. It would 
said, would do a joke. He's like, I'll never feel as good as when I was really high on meth. Like, <laughs> meth is the worst thing I've ever done, and I've never felt as good. Yeah, right? I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it does. That's how you yeah. get so trapped. If you think that's all that's there. And I, and I think, like, all drugs kind of have that sort of thing. Because you, I think you mistake uh, what you got out of it. And after the first time you do it, you're just chasing that high. That's what they right. say about crack. Like, the first time you do crack, it's insane. And then yeah. every time after that, it's not nearly as good, but you keep trying to right. get to it. So, I don't know. And I've, that's how I found most drugs to be. The only drug I do, like, on a regular basis is weed. And that's... Mm-hmm. Mainly to like help with sleeping, also because I'm addicted. I think there's that right huge. It's thing. addictive. There's there's no doubt. It really is. Even out of just just out of practice, I think yeah. it's just a habitual addiction. It's whether a, it's it's a, yeah, for sure. It's it's a fun ritual to take part in, and uh, yeah. The I I was just I was thinking the other day that um, if I didn't have to do stand up, I would be high constantly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all I would do because uh, my job does not require me to not be high because I can do it from home. What are you doing? I work for an internet marketing company. Oh, that's right. You told me about that last time I called. I called you like two months ago. Something. Like, yeah, we, I think we talked. I think we talked after Trump won. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, geez, the last year, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, we talked a lot about that. I remember. Right. Uh, but you could be high and do that. Oh yeah, I could be. I could be on heroin and do that. I think. <laughs> it's so easy. Most of the day, I'm just watching Netflix, you know, and it's like it's like maybe like two to three hours of actual work. That's pretty cool. And the rest, so yeah, I, I don't have to be fucking. I don't have to be. I, I could be naked and uh, in bed, uh, and high all day. So if I didn't have to go out and do stand up. Just be here. Yeah, why would I? So, yeah, so stand-up is kind of nice for that reason. That it makes me have to like, be a fucking human being with responsibilities <laughs> to others, you know. I've, I've gone through periods where I smoke weed, like, nonstop. Because now I'm, I smoke every day, or kind of close every day. Yeah. There's, it's night. It's almost always night that mm-hmm. I smoke. But now that I've been unemployed for a while, I've still been... I've, there's some days where I'm like, I'll just fucking get high during the day. Oh, but it, it, like, ruins me, man. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't handle it. And... I also hate how slow I am on it. I'm oh, just God. not able it to fog, react. It fogs me up, man. And I, I just don't. I, I'm not that much fun. I and I enjoy being fun around people. I don't want to be on or anything, right. but I want to be receptive and I want to have something to like contribute to a conversation. When I'm high, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a, dude. I, yeah, I, I got uh, really high after uh, sh- a show on Sunday, and uh, I always think it's gonna be a great idea to get high with other people. And then I remember, as soon as people start talking, I'm like, oh, I suck at this right now. Yeah. And yeah, it was outside. There was a circle of people, and everyone was trading quips and fucking stories, you know, and I was just like completely silent. And I was like, am I fucking this up? I think <laughs> I'm fucking, I think I'm ruining their vi- this vibe right now. The one positive I've drawn yeah. from that, when you are quiet, because I think quiet is better than overly talkative. That's true. If you're overly talkative, you're probably not saying shit. Like yeah. you're, you're probably saying a lot of, do you get it? Do you like me? Is, that, is what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, funny? Yeah. And you're like, no, it's not at this yeah. point. If you're quiet and late, then it sucks. But if you're quiet and then you contribute every once in a while, that's that's good. Yeah, but, see, but but then there's more pressure on every single thing you say because it's like, wow, you wow, you you, you came out of the woodwork for yeah. that. <laughs> you, 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 have, you haven't talked for thirty minutes just to say, yeah, <laughs> I believe in you, dude. Yeah. I think you can pull a funny thing out every once in a while. That was uh, the chatterbox that you were on. Yeah. So Scott smoked you down. Uh, no, uh, Jamel Johnson did. How was uh, he's he's funny. I like he's that very dude. funny. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a fucking cool dude. Yeah, I met him at uh, the West Side. We and I think at Brew Hot. We talked a lot about Oklahoma City because he was wearing one of those uh, 
I think one of those starter jackets, you know, it's like all flo- uh, all like oh, glossy yeah. and stuff, and it's just like OKC. And he's pocket. super likable, you know, and um, and he he was super on, uh, even even though he was totally high. And so I was like, I think I'm deficient. Somehow. Yeah, <laughs> some people I feel like because he this is this guy is just fucking sailing. Some people can handle it, man. I just I yeah. can't. And I like I said, I smoke all the fucking time. I'm a professional smoker. I'm just a professional quiet one. <laughs> at this point just zoom it on down how often do you smoke you're not a huge pot smoker i take it dude when i own it i smoke it uh, like uh, constantly yeah literally i'll go, i'll wake up and i'll fucking do a little bit of uh, work for my day job and then i'm like all right it's 9 30 <laughs> <laughs> let's re- let's reward my you know and then yeah just throughout the day and then i go out and and then you know it's like by that by the end of the day i'm not high anymore but right. i'm all i'm fuzzy that fuzzy feeling. It's yeah. like when you're when you're on acid, you've got that ping, right? Oh, yeah. Everything's like clear. When yeah. you're done smoking weed, you have that fog a right. little bit. So everything's a little bit lighter. Everything's a little bit uh, you're more apprehensive to things. I think not nervous necessarily, but just a little bit more unsure. Right, and then my eyes get all fucking red too. So I have to put visine in my eyes, and visine just like slowly like acidify, like burning through my fucking retinas. <laughs> That's okay. They'll be able to build that stuff yeah. out of. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, don't know. I also yeah, I think yeah, I'm killing my eyes. I think I'm going deaf too. I felt that um, way since I was super young because I used to blare rap in my car like oh, yeah. so loud. When back when like bass was all that mattered, you oh, get, like subwoofers oh, yeah, yeah. there, put on kill a cam <laughs> yeah. by the tiplos, and just boom out. I was sitting in the back seat of a, of a Devin's car, and he was blasting rap, and the bass was so loud, and it was just like, like rattling <laughs> the back, and I was like, "Well, I hope you guys are enjoying this." I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like over yeah. it at that at this point. It, it was fun for sure because yeah. it was kind of like a ride almost because it does physically move you and it moves oh, your yeah. whole car. Yeah, driving, uh, listening to music in a loud, uh, listening to music loudly while driving on the highway—that is the best. That feels the best out of anything. Yeah, it feels like it kind of yeah. feels like you're in a video game or a movie a, yeah, little, a yeah. little bit. I like, and I also like driving when it's like pitch black at night. Like, uh, I'll do shows in San Francisco or like if I'm on the road and I'm like I have to drive yeah. to get somewhere the next day. I won't. I'll do it overnight because when you're driving through like pitch blackness for yeah. miles and miles and for hours and hours, I would fall asleep. I I do a yeah. lot, which is I mean, tried to say it when I know I'm yeah. going to do that. I try not to drink caffeine until right then, and then like let it kick uh, in. Or if I have somebody in the car with me to like talk to me, that's right. also like, huge, right? Mm-hmm. It's a part of like the the road trip thing is get someone to talk to you, engage in conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but when that's going on, it's like you're driving into oblivion. There's nothing going. It doesn't even feel like you're moving anywhere. It just right. kind of feels like you're lost in space. Especially in the, on that five. Yeah. You know? that, that five for sure. So desolate. The only time you know you're anywhere if it's pitch black is when it smells like shit because right. all the cows on Auschwitz <laughs> right. in that area. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a, I don't know, it's, a, it's all boring, I guess, for the most part. But still, uh, it's, a, it's a ton of fun. Uh, Chatterbox, you did. That was, how many shows have you done since you've been here? Two days? Uh, Three days? Four days? So Saturday, I got in, so I did two on Saturday. You did Stories, which was a... Yes, yeah, uh, Good Heroin good and heroin, Stories. Right. Then I did the Improv Space. How was that? Uh, boy, fucking... <laughs> Are uh, you an industry darling? Yeah, I... Um, so right before I went up, I went last, and uh, these uh, three... It was actually a, a pretty good show. The audience was... La- they're, you know, college kids. They're paying attention and laughing and stuff. It was pleasant. Um... And then the, these these three 14-year-olds come in, and I'm like, oh, there's seats. And I was just standing by there. I was like, oh, there's some seats. And they're like, can we sit up front? I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Oh, cool. You guys are really into the comedy, you know? <laughs> and, but then immediately I sit down, and I realize, oh, they came to fucking heckle. They came to heckle? Yeah, yeah. Because, they, cause, yeah, so they went up and was were heckling Andrew Caudill, like, while he was hosting. While he was bringing me up, they were heckling him. 
So, and they hadn't been there all show, so I was like, God, fucking, I thought I was just going to do material, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I spent the entire set just, like, like being mean to them, which other people liked. That So that did really well. It did better than material would have done. Yeah, you have to address it when people are haggling you. Otherwise, yeah, and, I, and I, it was cool. I was, you know, kind of angry and, uh, and not, uh, and showing it, you know, and usually I don't, I'm not angry in my fucking act. No, I, don't, I wouldn't say so. Did you, do you feel like you crossed the line with your anger at all? I feel sometimes I get mean uh, when I'm dealing with hecklers. I can cross the line. I try not to so hard. <laughs> um, I, think it's, I think it helped that they were 14-year-old boys and I've been a 14-year-old boy. No shit. Exactly. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't know, but um, yeah, I, I used to be a fourteen-year-old boy. So I know, I know, I know these fucking guys. You know. Yeah. I've been them, and so I, I can tell my. I can. I, it felt like I was telling myself to fuck off. <laughs> I think if it had been, it's weird because if it had been like a loud woman, I probably would have been less ready to like immediately dive in. You know, because yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be mean to a woman. You know, I've still got that fuck. I don't know. I've got, I've got kind of like. Got that weird, like, self-conscious stick on my ass about, like, uh, being mean to women. You know, I, I should do it all the time. No, yeah. but I mean, like... You'll put, the, you'll put the jacket down on the puddle so they can cross it and talk shit about you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't know. Just I just, like... Uh, I'll just I'll just be more self conscious. I'll be like, oh boy. Well, I hope I, uh, you better not don't say cunt. You know, like oh that would be in my head. Really? Yeah, or something like that. I honestly don't even think that matters all that much. But like to get me to say cunt with anger yeah. would take so much at this point. Well, I think I, I just have a thing in my head where I'm always I'm constantly if I'm around people who like, um, okay, for example, uh, close close friend I grew up with. Uh, I'm 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 close to their family. The, uh, the, their aunt died of cancer when I was in like I don't know sophomore year or something. They weren't sophomore year. What a cunt. <laughs> That's yeah exactly. Uh, but every time I go over there, I'm like, you better don't make a joke about the aunt dying of cancer. Like, right. why would I do that? Yeah, right. What am I? It's psychotic. But somehow that's in my head suddenly. Well, because it stands out so much. It's like such a traumatic thing. It's such a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. When someone dies, that's that's big. Yeah, that yeah. is the the only thing that has happened to life since the beginning of time right. that we don't know how to handle in the uh, slightest. Nobody knows how to fucking handle it. Yeah. So it's gonna stand out to you, and then. When you talk to your friend, you're like, "What's our connection?" And you're like, "That death thing for sure." Yeah. Don't say that death thing. Right. right? Yeah. It's just yeah, it's like I just I'm just constantly thinking of what's the most what's the worst thing I could possibly say in this moment. What's the most offensive thing? Better better not say that. Or like when I would just go to the the if I saw a play, I'd be like, "Don't uh, don't stand up and start yelling. That would be embarrassing." <laughs> it's like why would I? I wouldn't do that. But somehow it's like I don't trust myself enough. But anyway, so I think that's that's coming up. But with a fourteen year old boy, I don't give a fuck. Right. I know. I know. I know what what they're going through, and it's not that bad. So fuck it. It's really not that bad. Yeah. It's, so that, so I was I was like able to be as mean as I wanted to, you know. So I, that was that. So that so I did great because of that. So that was like fun. And then after they were fucking hanging out outside of the improv space. And they were like, uh, uh, another comic was like talking to them. He hadn't been in the room during my set, so he was just like, "Oh, what's up, guys?" You know, and you just kind of like chatting with them, chatting up some fourteen-year-old boys. Yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> he was just like, "Oh, this is weird, you guys. What the fuck are you guys doing? What's wrong?" You know. And um, and they were staring at me, and one of them had a fucking taser. What? <laughs> what? They were gonna jump me and tase me <laughs> because you were talking shit. To- Didn't you invite them in? Was it you? Why? Well, well, they came, they came in. I didn't invite them in. They came in, and I was like, "Oh, you guys can sit. There's seats." And they're like, uh, "Can we sit in front?" And and then I went up and trashed them. Yeah. And people applauded while that was happening, so they got embarrassed. And then they were they wanted to tase me. <laughs> That's and, how you uh, know you did great. You're electric. That you yeah. Had to just that would have been so funny if I got tased by <laughs> fucking fourteen year olds. 
Also, it is funny because it's like I, I could have, like, you know, I could have kicked their asses individually, but also I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to fight 14 year olds. Well, you punch a 14 year old once, I guarantee they go down. Like, there's, there's no doubt because they yeah. haven't taken a punch from an adult unless they're, they've got like shitty parents. And then, yeah. at, at that point, I'm like, I feel, I feel real bad for you. I don't know. Let's yeah. Talk this shit out. I think they're from Iran, so maybe their parents beat them. I don't oh, yeah. know. Maybe that's a cultural <laughs> thing. Who knows? <laughs> it's on their state or the city flag. Yeah. <laughs> the county flag. We beat our kids. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to be tough. Uh, but yeah, well also, I was like, what the fuck did this guy get a taser? Why? Yeah, why would he have a taser? If you have a taser on you, it's probably because you want to do something. Well, right? yeah, yeah, he's a, a psycho. Especially if you're starting. You, he came to a club, or a club. He came to a space, a yeah. theater, to start shit yeah. at it, and then he's got a taser on top of it. That kid's looking to start trouble. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, so so that was that, I guess. So, you know, I avoided a t- a tasing. Uh, then I did, um, I did a half hour chatterbox on Sunday. You were a half hour there? Yeah. I fucking wish I'd known that. I would have yeah, came yeah. out after, oh, uh, yeah, my yeah. thing. But yeah, it was fun, man. It felt really good. That room is so great. Uh, yeah, there, it's the best show around LA, I think. It's like, well, I haven't done your, I, true. I've never been to your show, so I don't know. I wish you'd, like, uh, come at a different time. If yeah, you yeah. come at the, like, the first, uh, or the second Monday, then you'd be there. Seriously, you'll come and you'll be on it. It'll be yeah, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, there's just, like, they're the best crowd. And then, uh, yesterday I, I went up at the comedy store for the mic and then I did, um, the business. Cool. How's yeah. the business? That's at uh, Little Joy, right? Yeah, a little bar show. You know, it's that tiny room. Kind of uh, people were polite, and uh, you could get uh, a, you could get a laugh, but it was not like electric or anything. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like you kind of tell in in LA, and I'm sure in New York as well. There are so many rooms that have like ten people in them, mm-hmm. maybe. And yeah. if those ten people are paying attention, you can get a great reaction. It's just not going to be the same as a great reaction when you're in a packed room, just yeah. based on sure volume and mob mentality at all. People aren't going to fall in line the same way. But you can still get that uh, that joy out of connecting with an individual and really seeing that they're they're digging it. Yeah, you know? yeah, they laughed. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was, it was it's hard to get them to sort of like... It started to get a laugh that, like, you know, kind of settles, right? Where it's like a big wave and then... You know, oh, what am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. Oh, okay. You got your, uh, you're a lounger. Oh, yeah. A man yeah, yeah. spreader, as I, I heard. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Miles was saying, um, like, that, that room sort of responds better to converse, being more conversational, you know, and I just kind of went up and, like, did bits. Yeah. You know, did not you, like robotically you, or anything. Did but. you start out by doing a bit or did you say anything to the room to, like, get it going um, in the beginning? I did a, you know, I'm I'm a pr- I'm bad at riffing. I think um, like sometimes it goes well, but a lot of times I'm, I'm just not. I'm not very. I'm not a very spontaneously funny person. Uh, I don't know, man. When we talk, I always enjoy it. Yeah, well, I think you I know. Flashback on our times in my Prius smoking dope. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I am with um, people I'm close to and stuff, but uh, uh, I. Uh, I you know I'm never um, a person who in a bu- among a bunch of strangers in just some public place well crack wise you know like I'm not my my friend uh, who I grew up with always like if we're in a crowded elevator he'll make a joke that's like really stupid but everyone laughs yeah, and I'm yeah. always like fuck off dude <laughs> that's always, that's, that would never be me so anyway so like so I think being really good at spontaneously saying something at the top of this of a set like that's an extension of that skill. I think it is to an extent, but yeah. I think that uh, is more based on people who are starved for attention a little bit, which yeah. isn't every comedian. I maybe to like an extent, but some people are, they fucking need it, right? Yeah. They need to be paid attention to constantly, as opposed to like uh, making a funny comment here and there, and just enjoying uh, mm-hmm. that whole yeah. thing. But before a show, you're just watching what's going on and you're just observing the room. You can still comment on it. I don't think that's gonna. Yeah, be and that, you know, in some ways I do successfully. But yesterday, I think I just was like, 
hey, how are you? You good? And some <laughs> woman goes, yep. <laughs> you got a yep to And I was like, show? okay, yeah, very stern. All right, that's, I said that. And then they're, and they're like, okay, can you stop talking about how she was? I was like, okay, fuck yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> so my dad, you know, fucking then went into material. I'm so torn. Like in uh, rooms, I guess you have to make the decision in the moment, yeah. but like sometimes I go in just like, I'm going to do this material and people are either on board right away or they're yeah. not. And then mm-hmm. other times, uh, like I did, I did a show with the Virgil uh, not too long ago. It was like during, I guess, kind of in that whole holiday, the whole holiday season's like months. Uh, I know. And, so yeah. I was just thinking about that. It's like, God, winter has been going on for years, it feels like. Yeah. But it's it's because right after like Halloween, basically, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, winter's kind of, here's winter. And then that lasts until March. And it's nuts. And yeah. they always have like the, these special days, these special events that yeah. get you to focus on not the weather, I yeah. guess. It's just like, pay attention to buying some shit yeah, or like true. celebrating yeah. or making something. And it's just, it's too much. It's, it takes away your focus from a lot of other stuff, comedy wise. But uh, it's not. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. People should uh, get some sort of distraction. What I guess. Christmas gifts did you buy this year? Oh God! For uh, for who? For Hannah? <laughs> You're really putting me on the spot uh, here. I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I bought gifts for my immediate family: sister, mom, dad. I got my dad the Mitch Hel- uh, Mitch Hedberg vinyl collection. Okay. He loves Mitch Hedberg. Nice. Uh, I think I got my mom a plant. Got a G-chant. Yeah. I'm exit How rude. Plant. How dare I? Yeah. Just God. a work message. I don't even remember if I got my mom a plant. And we do Secret Santa uh, with, like, our family. Okay. Like, get him, like, something for, like, 10 bucks. So I don't even remember. Uh, I think I got my older brother, and I got him, like, a martini mixer mm. or something. He, he's into mixology, I guess. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I honestly don't remember what I got Hannah at all. That's uh, that's really bad to, to <laughs> say. I know that like for her birthday we got her um, uh, this uh, a Wacom tablet or a Wacom tablet, whatever those are. It's like I don't know what that is. Uh, so it's a flat screen that you draw on with a stylus that oh, okay. you should, like designer for like. Oh yeah, yeah. I see people like that. doing that at the coffee shops. You right. know. So she got that, and then yeah, I don't, that's great. I honestly don't remember what I got. I got these head. Oh no, I I now I remember. I because Hannah and I weren't going to do gifts, so I got her earrings. And a little uh, Christmas tree ornament. Oh, so, hey, nice. You know, not, not too big. Yeah, yeah. But what about you? Do you get anything cool? Um, my mom got me a couple books. My dad. What got you reading? Your mom gets you good books. Yeah, she got. I. I. She. She got me two. She's Jewish, and uh, we we talk about Jewish stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she got me a collection of short stories by Isaac Singer, who won the Nobel Prize. And um, and a collection of short stories by Sholem Aleichem, who's like the Jewish Mark Twain, basically. Really? Yeah, just the like, Jewish Mark Twain's name is Sholem Aleichem. Sholem, I, I, that's not his real name, but I think he just like made that up. Oh, okay. know, like Mark Twain. Yeah. You know? um, but uh, yeah, you yeah, know, Mark, it's just everybody like, knows Mark Twain's uh, real name is. Fuck, I can't. I can't believe I keep forgetting that actor's name. <laughs> He's fat now. Uh, he was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, I own Dr. Moreau. Oh, Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. Because oh. <laughs> Val Kilmer does that one-man show about it. Oh. <laughs> Strike this joke. Cut yeah. it. Uh, it is, it's, uh, but you reminded me that Val Kilmer is fat now. Which, right? Which is funny. Batman got fat. I watched the, I watched this movie about like the making of I own Dr. Moreau, and it makes Val it's So that movie had Val Kilmer and uh, Marlon Brando in it, right when Val Kilmer was peaking in popularity. And oh, right, yeah. When Marlon Brando was like... He was fucking done, but right. he was still like an icon. So uh-huh. just the whole power struggle between them and like a first time, big time director is hilarious. Oh, I, yeah. I highly recommend. Is that movie it. a fiasco? Is that? Is, is oh really? yeah. It, oh, okay. It, the movie kind of sucks. The yeah. story is neat for sure. I was like, yeah. I was fascinated by it. Uh, but like the story of the making of the movie is 
well worth the movie being oh, made, okay. as far as yeah. my mind is concerned. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so you got these books from your mom. Uh, my dad gave me a... Uh, a <laughs> his, his, my stepmom got him a big hunk of uh, prosciutto, and uh, so I, he gave me a slice of prosciutto. Just a slice? We all, I don't. I also don't like gifts. I get. I. 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 I never like react to them. Well, <laughs> you get the slice of meat. Oh, you supposed to react to a slice of meat? Well, though. I was happy by that. I was like, hey, oh, that's sweet. I'll fucking right, yeah, eat yeah. this, you know. And my sister got me uh, like a notebook. I think. Oh, that's cool. A notebook store is a good gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I think I. Just, I think I just bought her like a meal or something like that. That's yeah. Pretty good. I got, uh, I've, I've had on my Amazon wish list for, I think, like three years now. I've had a, a rain jacket, just like a 10 buck rain jacket because no. I don't have anything yeah. water resistant. And the day I got it is the day that it started like downpouring in LA for uh-huh. the first time of yeah. like for forever. And then it was just raining every fucking day. And I was like, am I God? Did, oh, I, make, yeah. did I make this happen? <laughs> wow. And then Trump got elected and I was like, I must yeah. be a fucking shitty God. <laughs> I really hope I'm not. Uh, but you know, you get you get in your head about stuff. Well, you know that God allows tragedies to happen, right? There can I, there can be no good without evil. So, it, I, is it allow or like uh, decides that tragedies happen? I guess there can be no good with evil. Yin yang. There has to be an opposite for everything. There's yeah, still, yeah. I'm not too well versed on the theology of that, but I, it's, I think I guess some people would say, um, uh, like the devil is, like the devil is an is a. Uh, is an external aspect of God, and the devil does evil. Right. So God created evil in the way, in in the sense that he, like, the devil is a part of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, but God's like, oh, I wish, really wish the devil wouldn't do all this <laughs> right. evil. He's like, you well, fucking created well, it, man. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a dog, you know, constantly like pissing on the carpet or whatever. It's like, well, it's my dog. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know. If you accept it, yeah, exactly. Like, were you ever religious? Because your mom, you said your mom's Jewish. Was your was your mom like? No uh, one's religious in my family. Yeah. Uh, so she's just Jewish by. Uh, by yeah, blood. my mom. I just talked to her this morning, and she's going to a synagogue more because um, she's uh, you know she's uh, she's uh, older, and she uh, I, it's sort of sad. She doesn't really have like that many friends she hangs out with, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, synagogue's a good way to just meet people when you're older. You yeah, know? they're gatherings, man. Yeah, so I, I was I was happy to hear about that because, um, but yeah, she, I mean, her. It's so she, my parents were both like super secular. My dad was a lapsed Catholic, you know, and um, my mom was a, a a Jew who didn't really care about Judaism, which is a lot of it's most most Jews yeah. That's like that's uh, that's almost a that, that's like a branch of Judaism is like uh, it's like secularism is a part of Judaism in a weird way, you know. Yeah. Um, like culturally, obviously not like fucking biblically, but uh, it really does feel like this doesn't matter. Like, yo, I'm a Jew, but I'm not religious. Like, okay, but you're a Jew, you know? Right. And, but um, but also they they're one of the only groups that has if you're born Jewish, you're Jewish. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's almost fun for people who don't celebrate any religion, my, myself included, to be like, yeah, I'm Jewish because somebody else said I was. Right. You know, like, no, I like Woody Allen, so you know, I feel <laughs> yeah, you know, I re- I relate to it or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I say I'm Jewish, but it's like I fucking you know, I, I did get bar mitzvah. I fucking I have a foreskin, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a foreskin? I have a foreskin. Damn, yeah. dude. Look at you. Accessorizing, peacocking, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I bought one. A yeah. foreskin, yeah. <laughs> I was circumcised, and I was like, I'd like to have one. I'd Alternate like, race so. foreskin? Yeah. Gender, <laughs> yeah. Gender yeah, I, dick a little bit. <laughs> I have a black foreskin. <laughs> um, Doesn't quite fit. It's like Jinko. It's a little yeah. bit baggy. <laughs> Fucking these young kids with their sagging foreskins. <laughs> you get a job. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, my mom, uh, so after, when, when we moved to the United States my, and my parents got divorced, my mom started to be more, like, to try to be more Jewish because um, just wanted a community, you know? Yeah. So, uh, 
I, you know, I think she's like interested in it, and uh, I relate to a lot of the cultural aspects of it. You know, the um, the the hand wringing, the guilt, the all that stuff that feels, uh, you know, f- feels like it's a part of my personality. Uh, her and her dad was was a Polish refugee for, for World War Two. So oh, refugee, like, so yeah. fucking in right now, man. I know, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm just trying to cash in <laughs> yeah. a little bit, right? Uh, Your grandpa, the ultimate hipster, refugee before it was cool. Uh, and so that he went to Brazil, uh, and uh, then he he became a lawyer there, and he was um he was an anti-Zionist Jew, which is interesting. So he didn't he he was not like I, th- I, I he maybe was for like. You know the formation of Israel, but he did not support many of their like more militaristic policies, which is very contrary to what a lot of like Holocaust survivors feel. For sure, I yeah. but I, I also know like a as far as like the Jewish community goes, I probably know more anti-Zionist uh, Jews than like. Well, now you do because sure. that this generation is more anti-Zionist, but the generation immediately following World War II, I mean that's why Israel gets away with so much shit. I mean, <laughs> you they, know, they, like, get, they get away with a lot of shit because they're. Uh, they're essentially like a country and just like a, a piece of the uh, nationalism puzzle a little bit. Yeah, but every it's... every state, uh, it, there are games that are played more based, less based on faith and more based on like power and like what you can do as far as like the military goes. And I, I feel like everything's a, a war game of chess as opposed to like really having the people's best interest in mind. Are you saying in general? Or are you saying um... in, in general? Okay, yeah. Included. Uh, and and um, th- there there were like a fair share, like you said, of Zionist Jews, yeah. but also. And my my grandparents uh, escaped Nazi occupied France, and they're yeah. in this world. Is that uh, a lot of Jews once they left or once they fled, mm-hmm. then they converted to Christianity or some other religion, some to Islam as well, yeah. uh, and just became like different people who are still Jewish, but they don't like talk about it at all. And yeah. it's almost like a mask. It's because you never feel safe. It's like yeah. you you don't want to be outed at all. So you you kind of well, it's like the Inquisition in Spain. They just took name because my my on my dad's side, he thinks that going way back they were Jewish because. His uh, mom's main name is uh, Iglesias, which means churches, which is the kind of hyper-Catholic name yeah. Jews would take. Right, and I spelled it with a K, too. At the yeah. Beginning, right? Iglesias. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know you were... Uh, so your dad's dad is Iglesias? No, my, my dad's mom. Your dad's mom's Iglesias. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's just like, hey, no, we're not Jews. Fucking love... Uh, fucking <laughs> G- I'm, uh, da- I'm Dan Jesus. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't yeah. know why that character sounds yeah. so great. Dan Jesus with that fucking accent, man. <laughs> My God, <clears throat> have you ever considered getting into into faith at all, theology? Uh, I think it's very interesting, but uh, it's just not a natural part of me in any way. Uh, I uh, there's there's aspects of it that I well I, I've considered like studying it just because I'm, it's interesting to me, right? But uh, I don't have the attention span to read the Bible. It's a uh, you know small, very small font. It's tiny font. It's, there are yeah. numbers all over the place. Yeah. It's so it's like so people, people here are begetting and there. others, and it's a, it's a, it's just a lot of weird words and stuff. And it's, it's been translated a whole bunch. Everyone's like talking. I feel like the even as many times as the book and the text is translated, it's translated again through people talking about it. It's like however you insure, you can be wherever the fuck you want it. Like, just like, yeah. take that message and send it through. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know now now the big now the religion. Most the the popular religion is mindfulness, right? The, the the sort of corporate mindfulness movement that people have, where it's like uh, the "Be Here Now," Eckhart Tolle, whatever. I'm unfamiliar with all that. Please, no, you co- I'm sh- no, you co- of course you know the like you know the modern like people uh, like white people doing yoga, oh okay, meditation, yeah, all that stuff. That's like, and and not to say it's like the practice is bullshit or anything, but 
it's just funny to see the way it's been um, absorbed into capitalist American culture, right? Because the idea is um, you should meditate a lot and uh, be really present and, um, you know, uh, uh, be in the moment uh, so that you can be more productive in your work and make more money. Yeah, <laughs> it's counterproductive, right? Yeah, it's counterintuitive, right. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I sort of got that, like, because of because of like this election, like so many people being outspoken about their views one way or mm-hmm. the other. I, I feel like I've talked to more conservatives than I have in the past about like oh, and yeah. actually gotten to know them a little bit. And I mean, in Michigan, you you know for sure conservatives. And are these conservatives that voted for Trump or conservatives that like you know or or that like Trump or voted for Trump with their fucking you know hand, with the holding their noses or what? A combination of both. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know that many people who like love Trump. My mm-hmm. older brother lives in Michigan right now and works. Uh, in I don't even know what city like Wayne or something. He said that people love that Trump is president, yeah. and they're just like dropping the n bomb casually at work, like it's no mm. big deal and stuff. And it's, damn, it's fucked up, man. I damn. just I, I I keep getting under this mindset of like, shouldn't the shouldn't the most important thing just be like human rights? Shouldn't we just think about like human decency and mm-hmm. then move on from there? Just keep going because it's not like I want to put a cap on how much money anyone can make. I would just like the people who can help out to help out like a little bit yeah. at the very least. But through, uh, from these conversations. I've had is people. Some people honestly just don't give a shit about anybody else. They could care less about someone's life yeah. at all, as long as it doesn't affect them. They don't care. Do affect them directly in that very moment. That's another part of the being in the moment. Is yeah, I'm the only one here. I'm the only thing that matters. And that it's really tough to to make a sort of connection when you can't agree on just that basic fundamental, which is the whole basis of why you think things should be a certain way. Well, I guess they. I guess they're they thought that uh, oh, the, the Obama and the Democrats weren't paying attention to them. So they're like, well, now someone finally is paying attention to us, so fuck everybody. But isn't there a difference between I'm not making that much money and I still have a house, or... Uh, I'm going to get stoned on the streets or like lynched a little bit. Oh no, yeah, I'm not saying it's like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's that it's like correct for them to say the n word at work or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, but I guess they're what they would reply is like, well, but they didn't give a fuck about us, you know. But um, but yeah, it was interesting because like uh, apparently uh, the like median um, income of Trump voters was higher than the median income of Hillary voters. Yeah. Even though the narrative is like, well, all these poor white people, you know, were like uh, uh, left behind by, you know, they're 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 uh, wallowing in the detritus of the modern globalized economy or whatever, <laughs> etc. But yeah, it's like a lot of them were just, were, I mean, a lot of them made fine money and were like, right. hell yeah, I don't want to pay not, fucking higher taxes. It's fine money. Yeah. I don't want to pay higher taxes, yeah. and my kids aren't like guaranteed a job or anything like that. Yeah. That's that's one a population issue. Yeah. Two, I feel like white privilege has been going on for so long, people don't even realize they have it. They just because things aren't perfect not because yeah. things aren't like ideal for them they don't think they have it at all but i mean it's hard to deny that you do you have better advantages than shit i have i have uh, read certain people who i, I who i found uh, convincing and what they're talking about it's like we we should um this this guy sean mccarthy he's a comic but mm-hmm. he like writes facebook posts about politics that are often really like astute you know and he was like He's, he he was he was he wasn't denying white privilege. He was saying, I think we need to like the the conversation needs to be updated a little bit because white privilege is kind of a vague term that uh, ends up kind of being incorrect when applied to certain populations. Like, uh, you know, the incarceration rate in like you know po- like poor fucking like in like coal country or whatever that's like you know where like most mostly white people live. Um, people are getting shot by cops and going to the and going to the going to jail for you sure. know, for drug offenses. 
you know, at a similar rate that like black people are in, you know, uh, in, in the inner city, right? So to say those people have white privilege, uh, even though it is true in the sense that like if they both like drive by a police officer, the black guy's more likely to be pulled over, still saying they all have white privilege the same way that like a rich kid from Andover who goes to boarding school and goes to Yale, um, it's, it's different. They're different white people it and their privilege is very different from each other, you know, and like, and, and the privilege that the rich kid has, you should kind of bear down on it more specifically. It's like, well, you have uh, fucking, you have class privilege, you have both your parents still together privilege, you have all, all this other shit, you know. Do you think both your parents being together is like a positive thing necessarily? I don't necessarily think it is. Anymore. If, the, well, if, um, if they get along. If they, how yeah. often does that happen though? I honestly, I don't know, some, I say some people, you some know. Some people yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll update that. Um, uh, we'll fix it. I think I think if um if you're raised by uh two parents or not even two parents like a group of people mm-hmm. like two three whatever who are all cooperating with each other in the interest of raising you in the best possible way, Correct. you have privilege over someone who isn't. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's uh, to me that's on the parents. Like in, it's hard to say you have like parental. Uh, privilege when it's not like a systemic problem that's just like uh it's a maturity problem essentially among individuals whereas like white privilege and i I do agree that there there's like a very there's a sliding scale of like Uh what sort of privilege you get but it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that even at the bottom of that scale you're to compared to somebody else you're you have a slight advantage it's just it's just not ideal and i do have a lot of problem with uh people with a lot of money i think that's the the biggest thing yeah Uh, i brought this up last thing i time recorded but like when you're exposed to symbols of money or like the idea of money it Mm -hmm. makes you less empathetic to other people just like uh psychologically it really uh can you can you specify a little bit what do you mean exactly so so let's say i I think the test specifically was uh they would ask people questions about like inflicting pain or like something painful or like Mm. uh, they hear about a they'd hear a story a sad story about somebody uh and half the people would have certain images in the background, and the other half people, every once in a while, they'd see, like, a flash of, like, a dollar sign or a dollar sign blurred in the background or yeah. just, like, some sort of symbolism of money and the people who were... Jay-Z expo- parting on a yacht or something. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of luxuriousness. Yeah, yeah. And the people who were exposed to that were less sympathetic to, like, the uh, the sad story or, like, huh. the, the people that were supposed to... And I, I get it, because when you're thinking about money, you're thinking about, how do I make that money? How do I get there? Because it puts yeah. you in a fantasy about you immediately. Right. It's just, you can you should be able to break out of it a little bit. But it just doesn't doesn't seem to work that way ever, um, and I mean I feel like I do okay. I've got I'm not like I'm rich as fuck or yeah. anything, but I feel like I do all right. And I give a shit about other people, so it just it's upsetting a little bit. Um, as far as the uh, the parenting stuff goes, have you ever considered having a kid? Um, I know you're a young guy, <coughs> so who knows? I guess you're not that young anymore. Twenty five. Uh, yeah, you're could, still fucking young as shit. But I could have, uh, I could reasonably have a child now. I mean, not reasonably in the context of like pursuing uh, stand up comedy, uh, but you know, and just in. I mean, I, I have my job pays okay, mm-hmm. right? I could. Uh, well, I don't actually. I guess in in the modern, it, I think it would be hard to raise a child with uh, what I make for my day job. But I it would it would not be a disaster. It's not like I'm a barista and it would be like, oh my fuck, oh my god, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I I actually would like to have uh, kids someday. I would like to be in a, like uh, to be able to do it. Um, I didn't think I wanted kids, and then I recently like I, I was watching Big Daddy and I was crying yeah. during Big Daddy. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck happened to me? 
at this point, I want a kid. I've got this dog. Now I want a kid. And yeah. We'll see how we'll see how the whole thing. How old is. are you? Thirty. Thirty. Just thirty. Okay. I'll be thirty-one pretty soon. Yeah. All right. Next week, actually. Thirty-one's that's a that's a good age to get be. Get it. Yeah. yeah 30. Turning thirty-one next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think that's right. Twenty-seventh is that Monday? Oh, yeah. I uh, yeah. That's the day after I leave, yeah. so I won't yeah, be able to party with you. That's okay. I don't party anymore. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll smoke some yeah. weed after this, and that'll go out of party. I love it. <laughs> Maybe we'll go disc golfing. Who knows? Uh, oh, can I say something about pri- this? Is a mean joke yeah, about privilege. For sure. Uh, uh, I think right. a homeless privilege is the ability to walk into any circle of people and to say whatever you want, <laughs> and everyone has to listen to you for however long you decide to be there. <laughs> do you have Do you have like a go to response to get homeless people to go as soon as they come up? I'm like, I, I don't have anything, man. So rip no, but but the thing spiel. is, sometimes they it's not they're not asking for money. I know, but they're just like. Yeah, and they just start talking, and you just have to, you, like that. You have to listen to them. I, yeah, they're, but they're also fascinating. It's like sometimes it is fun to listen and try. Well, to sometimes it is, but sometimes it's, it's they're totally incoherent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's it, it, it was interesting because I I just noticed this dynamic where it's like it was, a, and we all sort of felt the same. We it almost like we had a responsibility to listen to that person for however long they wanted to talk. Yeah, because it was like, well, f- well fuck, man, you're on the streets. You know what? What else can <laughs> Yeah, that was really interesting. So yeah, you can just, just say whatever you want to anyone. What percentage of the homeless population do you think is in that situation because of like uh, a mental uh, deficiency or illness? I guess. Uh, yeah, deficiency. That's a that's a harsh way. I like I like that. I, that's fine. That's just your burgeoning <laughs> fucking conservative <laughs> talk radio <laughs> persona. I'm just trying. Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Inter- I don't know. I mean, I think like uh, definitely definitely like after the I, I'm not fucking super well right on the subject, right? But like I guess after the '80s, like you know, the the big things like Reagan closed it, like you know defunded. Uh, mental health care facilities, so that put a lot of people with mental illness on the streets. Yeah, but recently health. that it's just because like no one, no one has any money. No, and you can't, you can't <laughs> help people out. You don't know like how to do it. I, I, re- I read yeah. that the homeless population of Los Angeles this year is forty-seven thousand people, which Good is Lord. insane. Yeah, oh my and god, so <laughs> so many homeless people. They're in uh, my hometown, uh, Norville. I lived across the street from an abandoned mental hospital, and I think that was because of. All the like the cutbacks on funding, mm-hmm. but it was it's huge. It's a huge fucking place, and we used to uh, break into the facility, and underneath it there are like miles of tunnels, like mm. and they look like horror movie. Oh my uh, god, mental asylum tunnels where yeah. we we take girls to impress them, you know. And <laughs> you would take girls to an abandoned dude. That was I was not good looking at all. So like, I'm, when I have that to offer, like, yeah, I know yeah. the tunnels. And I'm like, wow, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, let's run away from a, a fucking axe murderer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, seriously, they're they're grody down there. Like the walls are leaky. It's got that flickering light bulb effect. There's stuff oh written on the walls. They're stained cots. It's everything's Jesus underground. Christ. Uh, it's a it's a fascinating little place. Yeah, that's. I mean, to. yeah, I guess that is cool. Yeah, that's but, like, like. But I, I would want to go like if you, you fucking your your friends are sleeping over. It's like all right, let's go. Let's sneak out and go to this weird <laughs> thing. You know, it's the um, beginning of every like eighties. You were not. A, you weren't handsome. I know you were short. Yeah, and when you're when you're that short, you're yeah. not good looking. You know, like yeah. I got to, I got to dance with a ton of girls at like all the dances and stuff because right. it was so non threatening. For me, it was like I'm a player, and for yeah. them, I'm like look at this little button. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. And and you're sh- and you were short and you have a big nose. I didn't at the time. It wasn't. You didn't like have that. a big nose at the time. It wasn't that huge. I was just okay. like a pretty underdeveloped guy, and my nose is big one because of uh, genetics, and two because yeah. it's been busted so many times. You know, oh. like if it breaks, it's gonna keep getting bigger and bigger. Oh, and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was big. You have a cauliflower nose, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's such a fucking great term, man. I'm going to quote you on that. Yeah. My fucking website. Harry Morrow's cauliflower <laughs> nose. 
Uh, it doesn't look like it's been broken. I mean, now that you say it, I, I can get, I get it. But if you look at the bridge, you can tell because yeah. it's like a little bit thicker up top. Is it just because you've been in fights? Uh, some fights, some sports, and okay. then once it breaks one time, it's like really easy to keep going okay. down yeah. that whole road. The first time it was broke, that I was playing football, and this kid punched me in the face. Damn. Uh, and my whole nose just went to the side. It wasn't even like it. Yeah. it, it nothing. Uh, cra- it wasn't like a crumbly mess or anything. It was my whole nose on the side of my face. Like a Picasso painting, almost. Jesus. And I spiraled down. How inspiring! Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, it was so by that time I was already like a little bit big. Uh, and I went to the hospital, and the doctor's looking at it, and I was like, "Hey, when you fix it, can you like make it a little bit smaller? You know, just like ease <laughs> tension." He's like, "We don't do that here." <laughs> like dead serious, and I don't know. It was <laughs> and how do, how do you light. fix a broken nose? You just you have to rebreak some stuff, and then you just replace it. Uh, you you put it, you reposition it, and yeah. then you cast it, and you just let everything set. Oh, okay, you know, just like laying a So you just had a big cast on your face, right? For, yeah. Which when I took off was covered in acne. It was so oh, damn. fucking gross. It was so gnarly. And I was uh, the one of the anchors on the morning announcement, so I'm up on the, on uh, the announcements uh, with this fucking white cast on my face for a while. That's funny. It's all right. It's not, it wasn't that much of a scam. Oh, so you were? Oh, yeah, that's funny. You did the morning announcements. Oh yeah, man. It was a video yeah. department. Like, uh, <clears throat> oh, went, so you, okay, so you were like kind of sh- you were like a, the short kid, but you did all, a ton of activities, and you were you were like. Yeah. Pro- socially prominent for sure i played a lot of sports yeah, i was yeah. fun i was a bully mm. when i was younger so that like oh, really right. does open up that. social yeah. circles and sorry to say i mean it's there really is something about negging that is effective i don't mean i, I don't want to be like mean-spirited or anything but i picked up my prom date because my buddy yelled suck my dick bitches out the window at these girls and they followed us and that worked out wow the girl i'm dating right now i should yell at women on the street you more. should yeah. dude. <laughs> call, i don't know why people think it's bad no it's a, you're when you're young you're dumb you don't know what yeah. the fuck to do. The, but hannah uh we've been together for almost seven years now yeah. at this point and we started dating because when she first came and visited we're sitting on the couch uh, and she was, like, friends with one of my roommates, mm-hmm. and she said something, and I was like, what the fuck, you stupid bitch? And she's like, you're the bitch, stupid bitch, and oh, that wow. just, it's just uh, combative. And oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like... And you I, guys have that sort of relationship where oh, you, for sure. you, you, you tussle. For sure. Yeah. She's a, I mean, she's a strong lady, and yeah. she has she has her uh, point of view, and yeah. she can back it up, and I do as well. So And it's it's fun. It's fun to do that, because that means you're trying to get something done. Yeah, so call women bitches, to and the ones face. who... Yeah, yeah, and Not the ones who, call, and the ones who call you a bitch, <laughs> then that's love your life. It's worked out for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying that you should care call women. Right? I know, I yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Listen... <laughs> I, I really, I really don't. I don't want anybody to like feel like comfortable or anything. But it, it has worked in the past. And bullying for me was that was the way to be funny. I didn't. Yeah. It, when you're young, you have no idea how other people feel. And right. honestly, up until this relationship, I didn't give that much of a shit about how anybody else felt. I was yeah. like, whatever makes me happy. I don't sure. think I'm poor intention. But uh, dating Hannah for so long, you really do think about what somebody else needs and what somebody else feels when you say something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've become a little bit more. Uh, compassionate since time has gone on. But. Can I tell you a joke about bullying I, I've done yeah, recently? Absolutely. Which is that, so, uh, it's like, okay, so we all know, like, like bullying's bad, right? Because we all know that bullying makes people who are bullied feel really bad, right? But on the other hand, bullying makes bullies feel great. <laughs> so, you know, that's like the other side of the coin. <laughs> that's uh, incredibly true. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's a so big true. self-esteem boost. It's like... <laughs> You, uh, someone tr- someone transferred middle schools because you called them fat. It's like wow. What I mean? What else can I do? You know. <laughs> I never. I, did you have you ever bullied anybody before? Yeah, I, I was I was me, I was mean to. I, I and I didn't I didn't really play sport. I, I, I play. I sucked at sports, so all the other athletic guys were mean to me. Were but, you tall when you were a kid? Uh, and gangly. That's the thing. Like, yeah, but uh, every kid who's tall is gangly. 
That's well, right, but so, so when you're tall and you don't really know what, to fuck, what the fuck to do with yourself, you're, mm-hmm. you look clumsy as shit. I was okay at soccer. I was a decent, like, hey, defender. Hey, no shit. Yeah, right. Uh, but, you know, I didn't, like, you know, I played, like, uh, I played on the freshman team, which is, like, pre, like, like you, you, people on the freshman team, like, they hope to get to junior varsity, right? right. So it's, like, not even the, the it's not even the, the cool, lame team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I was okay on the freshman team. Uh, but everyone else was way better than me and, uh, or not everyone, but like most of them were right. Right. And, and they were assholes and they, and I was like, if that's what fucking, if that's what I'm supposed to be to play soccer, I don't want to do that. Oh really? You were turned off by like their attitude and stuff? Yeah, they were dicks, dude. I get it. And then, and my actual, my close friends, they didn't fucking play sports. So I was like, well, I'm just going to hang out with them and watch TV. All my friends were very big sports. Like, I don't, I don't know why though. I I, I was just like attracted to it. I play, I grew up playing sports. I think I started my first basketball league when I was like five and Mm. baseball, maybe even earlier than that. And I just love the competition. Plus my family is uh, my dad, my mom, and then my two brothers. And they're all, my little brother, not so much, but my older brother and I are incredibly competitive. And, uh, a lot of the funny guys I knew were guys who were funny, like through sports and sure. hanging out in that whole world. Yeah, the, um, the locker room talk. Lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but, but actually, the real the, where it's like you're fucking with your friends and stuff. This like, is before yeah. locker rooms were even like a thing for us because when you're like you know when you're eight, you're not going to yeah. the locker room or anything. Yeah, you but you know just whatever, just like talking shit. You know, that's, for sure. Yeah. And that, I mean, you're just it's essentially when you're away from parents, when you're on yeah. the court. Uh, th- for me, that's how I kind of got into bullying was through basketball, and it's also how I got into comedy through basketball yeah. because you just talk so much shit. You yeah. get into someone's head right from the get go, and it's it's a blast. It really is a thrill to like yeah. to watch someone's mind crumble or to just get people <laughs> defocused from whatever powerful, they wanted to yeah. And uh, I, I, I it's, it's I sort of wish I played more sports now because um, that's like a that's like a skill I lack. I think playing sports. No, uh, talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, playing sports, sure, but I, I, but like you know that sort of the the banter, the competitive, mm-hmm. like I, I just have no interest in it now. I, I, I withdraw. If you don't have any interest in it now, you probably you didn't have any interest in it then. That's just like a trait. It's not like something you learn. It's just yeah, I guess what so. you were geared to. It had, that's just got to start from when you're way younger. I, I suppose that's true. Yeah, it just feels like in comedy that kind of like that 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 skill is rewarded a lot. You know. Yeah, but the, I mean, we always want what we don't have or what we yeah. can't accomplish. It's just. Uh, the grass is always greener, a little bit, or uh, we want to be more complete as an individual on stage. And I, I mean, I think you're still pretty good as far as like talking shit to people when need be. I don't, you don't like, necessarily have to play sports to do that. Well, I th- it's like I think if someone go- goes at me for whatever dumb thing, I instead of like finding some detail about them to make fun of, I'm just like, oh, why did you say that about me? Yeah, and then I'm like really considerate, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I see why you. And they're like, this isn't fine. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. God damn it. It's so boring. Just writing a book about your experience. I know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, t- I'm too like introspective to like fucking react in the right way. Like we, we were talking about like thinking fast and slow, right? Like, yeah, but that is how you think fast. Your, your think fast is to be. How am I affected by this? Like, what is? And why did you say that to me? Right. So yeah. it's like an investigation, and if that ends conflict, then great. I, I'm done with anything that ends conflict. That's one thing that I do wish was different about like. My history in sports has made me like a really aggressive guy, and uh, I mean we. But sometimes I don't else. think you should end conflict. Sometimes people can't be reasoned with. <laughs> That's something that I think about a lot. It's like I think I think sometimes you have to resort to fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Like not in very extreme scenarios, but it's like if someone's being totally fucking unreasonable. Um, like, well, I, we, we, were we recording when I was talking about almost getting tased? Yeah. That was okay. Hard. Yeah. So it's like. But you can definitely reason a fourteen-year-old down from tasing your ass. I think. I I mean, but if they're if they're really gonna like 
I don't know. You essentially did it by just existing in that moment. He didn't go after you right then. He might have had it out there and been thinking about it and stuff, and he was probably looking to taste somebody in the first place. Yeah. But I think part of your reasoning was being on stage, talking him down, being fucking cool while it's going on, and kind of making him be like, oh, fuck, I'm a little piece of shit a little bit. But that made him more. That made him want to tase me more. I think it made him want to tase you less. I think. You think so? I do think so. I th- he, so he brought that taser with him to That's a show true, where yeah. he was talking shit. He was looking to tase somebody from the get go. He wasn't going to be like, yeah. "Oh, this guy talks shit to me. I'm going to tase him in retaliation." Yeah. So uh, he might have been like looking for an excuse, but I think being bested sometimes does that. People don't like looking stupid, but if you can make someone look stupid in front of like a whole bunch of people, yeah, uh, without them feeling like they were in the right or they were wronged by doing so. Because when he was talking shit, yeah. you were making fun of him. Everyone's laughing at him. Yeah. There's no way he can believe he was wronged because yeah. he instigated it. Right. So, and he, he's got to be aware of that a little bit. As somebody who's talked shit to people before, sure. I, I get it. They, sometimes you're fucking wrong. And right, sometimes, right, right. Sometimes you get it. Uh, or, okay, so some, uh, or for example, I was like walking, walking in the street and uh, some, uh, this, is, this is all like high schoolers being, because they're uh, lunatics, right? Yeah. <laughs> he threw a rock at me. <laughs> he just threw a rock and it hit me in my fucking chest. So I was like, what the fuck? That's a big deal. And, and, but, and, and I just didn't, I was so, I was frozen because. How big a rock? Are we talking like a lucky pebble? Are we talking like I mean, it was like, um, I don't know, uh, maybe like two, maybe like uh, two inches in uh, diameter. Okay. A, he- a heavy enough they, rock yeah, it's a, it's where, you know, like rock. they didn't leave a bruise, but it was like, uh, wow, it's fucking yeah. hurt. Um, and it's like, this is just a group of fucking kids hanging out on a stoop, you know? Mm-hmm. So what am I going to go over and be like, what the fuck? And try to fight them? Right. What, what, that's so stupid. But but then it's like, if I just walk away, they, they just threw a rock at someone and literally nothing happened. They got away with it. Right. And that's what happened. They got away with it. But it's because I just didn't understand. I, I, was, fro- I was like, that, that's, it's so unreasonable that you just did that. That I don't know how to even respond. That's, I mean, that's a, a good question. And your response is what they're doing that for. And so, like, someone throws a rock at you, it's to get a response out of you, to get you to act in a certain uh, certain way. My yeah. buddies and I... Uh, or to, well, I think it's to see if they can get... And they, I think they won that one. Maybe. They the threw fa- a rock at a guy, and he goes, what the fuck? I, 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 I said, what the fuck? And yeah, some they lame... Won that for sure. Dude, oh. It was I, so lame. My buddies and I used to, <laughs> we used to go to the street. We'd camp out at night. Uh, we'd go to the street. It was like pretty muddy. It's like kind of a dirt road, and we'd get these like mud clumps together, and we'd hide behind like this this giant mm. hill. And cars would drive by. We just like fling mud at the yeah. windshield that's driving yeah. by, and that's the same thing, right? It's just to a car instead of a person, and you do it to see how a person responds. You you feel best when a person like gets out of the car and is like, "What the fuck are yeah. you doing?" And like chases that. That's a win. But if someone just like keeps on driving through, then you're like, what the fuck are we even doing with our life? It's, I guess. It's kind of a learning. I'm just playing a little bit of devil's side. No, no, no. Yeah, well, it, but also it's like, I, I, but that's the thing. It's like when they did that, I was, I also got it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably fun to throw rocks at people. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Is I, I, I'm, um, I, th- I, I think I have a good amount of empathy. You know, I, w- I, I was thinking, I was like, oh, but don't say I'm an empath. Don't fucking dare. Don't you dare. Because I, I don't, that's just. You don't want to be an ally? You don't want to be <laughs> labeled an ally? Yeah, I just mean you like. Don't those, be part I, of the LGBT. Yeah, there's just those and terms are so annoying. You know, like people, when people say I'm an empath, it's like, what, what are why you saying? Why do you have to, like, you have to label yourself as that? Why can't you just be that person? Well, exactly. Right. That's what I mean. And, and also they make it seem like they have mystical abilities. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, like. I mean, it really is a brand. It's essentially yeah. a brand that you're selling. When right. You, when you label yourself something like that. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, but I, but I think, I don't know. I think that's just, that's how I think, you know, I, 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 uh, I, th- 
generally I, I sort of erase my own perspective on whatever just happened or what, if I'm in an argument mm-hmm. and I try to think, why would they feel that way? Yeah. And try to see that. And uh, sometimes to my detriment because uh, I don't actually end up forming the argument that I actually believe, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, thoroughly enough. Right? right. So I don't even, I can't even advocate the p- position that I think is true. For sure. And also you can't form their opinion because you weren't conditioned their whole life the same or your whole life the same way they were. Like yeah. every little experience built them to get to that moment. Right. But anyway, so in that <laughs> moment I was like, uh, so yeah, okay. They threw a rock at me because, uh, they're hanging out and I'm some fucking dork with glasses. Oh, you're Walk. wearing glasses? It's warranted. I can't oh, believe sure. they hit you in the face. Oh, Crack yeah, yeah. Those no, exactly. I'm fucking, you know, walking around with my laptop and my backpack. <laughs> Couldn't go write a screenplay in the neighborhood they grew up I in. I bet your you pants know, were cuffed, too, you et goddamn Yeah, nerd. yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, I was you know, currently uh, getting a sex change, you know, while I was walking. <laughs> all these things that, uh, you know, I sort of get. They were like, operating on you as yeah. you were walking. <laughs> exactly. That's actually who they're trying to hit. <laughs> Uh, uh, screaming, call me Caitlin, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so it's like, okay, I get why they would, uh, you know, fucking, uh, I get why they thought it'd be fun to, like, fuck with me, yep. you know. So I was, and I was like, so yeah, I, I realized, like, it'd be really unreasonable for me to try to fucking, I've also never been in a fight, so, you know. Good for you, man. Yeah. Don't do it. They're not, they're not fun. I mean, the rush, the rush is great, but the yeah. rush doing stand-up is way better, if I'm being honest. I think so. It's. I know so. I've yeah. done. I've done plenty of fighting. That's I've true. Done plenty yeah. Of drugs, yeah. Yeah. You would know. Yeah. Stand up is stand up right. is by far the best. The closest thing I've had to stand up, as far as like uh, an almost out of body experience, is uh, surfing and getting up for the first oh, time. Because okay. that the reason that that's different is because the earth is moving you. It's not like it's not like gravity's pulling you down mm-hmm. a hill. It's not yeah. like you're on a skateboard and you're pushing it and you're just like laying momentum travel. The ocean is physically like what is pushing you forward. Well. So it feels like you're riding this animal that has no beginning or end. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really, it's a really amazing feeling. That's pretty cool. Uh, damn. It, I mean, th- when you, like in Swayze and Point Break over right? here. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Where they name me up for the remake. The remaking White Men Can't Jump though and I'm waiting for them to, oh yeah. Blake Griffin to get in my door about that whole thing. <laughs> Remember, I love the, uh, do you think they're going to do the Jeopardy uh, subplot? No, I don't think they're going to. <laughs> I wish they would. <laughs> That's, that was the craziest. That that takes up like 30 minutes of that fucking movie. It's a huge point, but yeah. I'm not against it <laughs> because it does make Gloria valuable and gifted. Right? That's true, yeah. You have to, it makes, she's more valuable in the relationship than fucking Billy is. Yeah. Billy's just like a fucking Oh yeah, because she wins, right? So then, the, all right, all right. That's how they get all that. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's great. If yeah. you want to watch it sometime, yeah. I'm totally It's a fun down. movie. It's, yeah. uh, it's one of my favorites for sure. I think the most unrealistic... You kind of look like a young Woody Harrelson. Thank actually. you. I appreciate yeah. that. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. He's a fun dude. Uh, I think the most un- unrealistic part of that other movie is when uh, Gloria's on Jeopardy and she says, what is Mount Suvius? And Alex Trebek lets it go. Like, oh, wow. like there's no chance. <laughs> I've seen him like bury people for less. <laughs> Keep, I could see him say something like, did you go to school to learn how to speak? Oh, because that is very yeah. incorrect. <laughs> you missed an entire syllable. I'm sorry, Gloria. Damn. But... Uh, it's the the movie's fun because the basketball slow mo stuff. It, if you play basketball, some of it looks like super whack, but it's yeah. not like Angels in the Outfield when you're watching. Uh, what the fuck is the pitcher in that movie? It's not Scott Bakula. It, oh God, it's not Tony. I can't. Is it Tony Danza? That's that guy's name. 
Tony Danza watching that guy throw. From Who's the Boss? Yeah. Okay. It is hilarious. It's, oh, yeah. You, that guy, it's like he's never thrown anything in his life. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's playing like a World Series pitcher, a pennant pitcher. Or okay, so, so you're saying like the, the basketball is more like realistically like, uh, impressive and white man can't jump sometimes. Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. it's not. But the way that it's shot is a lot of fun. It yeah. really gets you in the mindset of this game's going on, the stakes are raised, yeah. every moment counts, and it's really exaggerating flashiness. Like yeah. Wesley Snipes is amazing in that uh-huh. movie for that. His outfits, the way he plays basketball, some of his moves and stuff, the shit he talks. It's it, that movie. It makes the, Venice seem cool as fuck. It certainly does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like a big illusion about Venice because Venice kind of sucks. I've gone down there and played basketball sometimes. Yeah. I did that in Venice and at Rucker Park in New York, and Ooh. both were like really underwhelming experiences oh, really? <laughs> for the most part. Uh, is there but, a Venice court on NBA Street? I don't know because I haven't played that game in forever. When that was, game was was the fucking shit. Dude. It was the best, man. Yeah. It was the second NBA Jam. NBA Street was the yeah. the next level. But yeah, that. I think Rucker Park was in that game because I remember for sure. that for that from that game. Well, Rucker Park, it's been famous for a long time. Yeah, uh, like is that in Harlem. Street, yeah, it's in okay. Harlem. Street basketball, even while the NBA was like a fledgling yeah. uh, society, it was it was fascinating. It was like a lot of people would go there just to watch games, and yeah. a lot of players kind of came from there. Or NBA players would go there and play. And then when And One came out, even before And One, there was this website called Hoops TV. Uh, which had a lot of those And One videos. Yeah. And, there, and And One was just like a brand. I think And One sponsored it. And that's how things like uh, putting the ball in the shirt, spinning it around your waist, oh, uh, yeah. bouncing off the head, off the heezy featured in, uh, in that game. Uh, and the And One mixtape tour started coming around. And it was almost like a street. Remember the lady that would yell the tricks? Oh, yeah. Get her, sir! <laughs> Slip and slide! <laughs> <laughs> Slip and slide. <laughs> My favorite one was where you, when you'd like roll on the ground and carry. I don't remember what it was called, yeah. but the alley oops, man. Oh god, that game was so much fucking fun. Yeah, it was this fucking yeah. And I yeah, and it's like I, I played basketball uh, one year and, and sucked at it, but yeah. that game. I tall, gangly guy. It's yeah. a tough position. No one wants to play the big man when you're in school. Dude, yeah, I, 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 around. I was so I stunk. Uh, you know, it's a good movie of basketball that's like glorifies it really well. Is a he got game the oh, Spike dude, Lee movie. That movie came out when I was in seventh grade, yeah. and it is it was it's still today one of my favorite fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. All the slow motion shots and it's uh, the, the, the fucking Aaron Copeland mm-hmm. did the music, so yeah. it, it, may, it really like it, it puts in a tradition of like great American uh, culture. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's fucking sweet. It's shot grainy and yeah. gritty. Uh, it's it's very. It feels very much like the filming wasn't supposed to happen. It feels like you're getting a secret show of yeah. what's going on because everything feels like you're watching it from a, a different angle. You know, yeah. it's, it's not like a well staged movie or anything. I, I think it is well staged, but not in the the traditional sense. Oh. Uh, Denzel Washington's so serious in it that yeah. relation, the fucking the kid's name is Jesus Shuttlesworth, oh, which yeah. really does That's put right. on a pedestal these NBA All Stars and like yeah. how they're worshipped because that came out uh, I think several years before LeBron came out. Uh, like LeBron's a movie yeah. or anything. <laughs> right, yeah. But when the LeBron high school stuff started going on, I was like, I've seen all this go on oh, before. Yeah. I know how this all works out. And those Jordan, I, I fucking bought those Jordans. Those are the only Jordans I've ever like gone out of my way to get. Because From the movie? Yeah, because oh, they're, yeah. they're not, honestly, they don't even look that fucking cool yeah. compared to the rest of them. Uh, but uh, that movie also had Tech U, and as like a middle schooler, you see like the recruiting and like all the sex going on. And you're like, I, I gotta get into college. Oh for yeah, this, like, I forgot for about this that reason. scene. Yeah, yeah. That, my my buddies and I talked about Tech U for so yeah. long. It's uh, that's a funny generic name for a school, Tech U. Yeah, yeah. in big state was I think right, the other right. one and because they don't. I mean, that school doesn't, doesn't need to matter. be a real school. It's myth. It's myth. Right. You know, none, yeah. of it, none of it matters at all. And that the movie has such highs and lows, and it's there's no feel good thing about it because yeah. the guy still goes to jail at the end of it. Spoiler yeah. alert, but. I don't even like that many uh, Spike Lee movies. No, doesn't do, the kid decides to go to uh, he big state though? He goes to the school he's supposed to go to, yeah. but 
he didn't sign the form. So they say that there's no sign. Or the, the warden says, well, there's no proof that Damn. you got him to do it. So enjoy jail, playboy. Whoa. Yeah. But, oh I mean, God. fucking Denzel Washington killed his wife. He yeah. probably should be in jail. That's true. Not that I think jail is, like, the... I, I have a huge problem with jail. I think yeah, that would yeah. be something I fix. Jail, no, I like I, it. I like jail. Yeah, yeah, you're cool with it? I'm pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you into sports movies because you didn't play sports? Or do you not... They just don't do it for you, for the most part. I think um, sports movies are usually bad, personally. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was I liked Air Bud, you know? Um, <laughs> that's a sports movie. Feel good kid yeah. thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, um, The Sandlot, I guess. Yeah, like, that's Sandlot also too. a kid. Or, I mean, or like, now sports documentaries are kind of really in. And so the, the I, I just watched the OJ documentary, which I liked a lot. Yeah. So I certainly uh, appreciate the narrative, you know, but um, uh, I think it's, I, I, I didn't like really grow up in one specific place where I attached myself to like the sports culture, you know? Mm-hmm. You grew up in Philadelphia? Yeah, but I, I moved there uh, at, like when I was seven or eight, and um, neither of my parents like basketball. Like neither, neither of my parents like the sports that Philly people like, like yeah. fucking football and basketball. You know, yeah. not basketball anymore because the Sixers suck. Baseball huge though in Philadelphia. But yeah, or like Flyers. Yeah, baseball, yeah. Fly, whatever. Hockey, yeah, yeah. Um, baseball, hockey, hockey etc. None of them. They, they've got big. That's a big sports city. Yeah, it's yeah. Huge. So it's yeah, yeah. I never, I never really felt like uh, you know. Every time I say I'm from around Philly, people are like, oh, I, I kind of don't like saying because then they'll ask me like, oh, you like the Eagles? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like well, I guess they're not really from there, but it's like, well, I, do, I am, but you know. What do you like about Philly? Um, well, it's well, the, the fucking architecture is very beautiful, uh, and the, the the people are. It's like they get a reputation for being really mean, mm-hmm. but they they're. It's like they, they'll just tell you how they feel. So if they think you're an asshole, they'll tell you that, and if they, they if they you're cool, they'll be really nice to you. Yeah. Um. That's my experience with it, you know. It's for, and like the crowds, uh, just doing stand up there is really fun because the crowds are smart and also unpretentious. Yeah. So they fucking laugh really hard at shit. It's uh, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's like cool. It's a, it's like a pretty liberal city, but it's not uptight, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and everyone who I know that lives there is uh, more focused on like living well and being happy and all these th- and like being kind and shit than on um making a lot of money and having a, 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 a career that is impressive. Yeah. I, I, I grew up in Michigan. I, in Michigan, there's a lot of not just be happy, but, like, make as much money as you fucking can. Oh, uh, right? yeah. And I, and that's I, the Midwest thing of uh, that, that sort of old school, like, just get a fuck, get a job and yeah. do something, you it's, know. It's very heavy on the American dream, whatever yeah. that may be. But I don't, I don't even get it because – a lot of those people, I, the city I lived in, I moved there, and it was it's nice. It was nice, yeah. but as I got older, it became way nicer. It's oh, like yeah. we're a lot of, I think we had an ambassador for some some, some oh. country, lived in that area, huh. and then like uh, almost every subdivision were these multi-million dollar mansions, like yeah. huge places. And my friends, uh, new friends would like move in uh, to that neighborhood, and I was like, oh, I'll go over to your place for the first time. And I'd go to their house, and there are these enormous mansions, and there's nothing in the apartment, in the houses. Cause they oh, yeah, there's no, no, there's no character. In. Right. Yeah. So they're just, they're just giant, empty castles, yeah. essentially, and it's it's chilling. I, it, there's nothing happy about being in one of those spots. Yeah. And even in, like, the kids and the parents, I could tell, and, like, the kids never saw their parents because they're always working all the time. Right. It's like, what kind of, this, this seems like prison. It just... It seems like you're a slave to that dollar as opposed to, like, living whatever sort of life you want. Because when I was a kid, I didn't give a shit about money. I gave right. a shit about hanging out with people or, yeah. like, goofing off and stuff. I don't know why that's not something people want to do more often. I think this generation has different priorities. I, I, I do think, like, what's weird because uh, millennials are pretty disenfranchised, uh, generally speaking, right? But 
also like if you talk to a lot of them about what their goals are, not a lot of them are like, I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. They, they, they want to do something interesting. Right. They maybe if you know, or it's like they want to have a job that's fulfilling and the best jobs that are fulfilling happen to also make, you know, make you money. Both money but, yeah. Sometimes I think, I, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like comedy is incredibly fulfilling, but for the first, I don't know, half of it that you do, you're not making any money. Whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. For the first never in your life, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't make money, but then after that, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but there's also this perception right now in the economy that you can, you're not, you're not gonna be able to make that much money. You're going yeah. to struggle for sure. So maybe people are, they've come to terms with that. So like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Why not do stuff that you like doing? Right. Yeah. I so know. I don't know. It's just, I, I also think about when I do workshops, I feel very, uh, I get very agitated being at the same place for a long time. I couldn't, there's no way I could do a job where I just get like a vacation uh, for two weeks uh, every mm-hmm. year and I yeah. keep And then you stay there for years and, and years. over yeah. and over. I, it blows and that used to be mind. it. That, that was the, you know, it's like, yeah, I worked at this, uh, I worked at this company for 40 years and, yeah. you know, got a nice retirement. That was my biggest fear after getting out of school. I was like, yeah. there's no vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no three months off. We're right. not doing this thing. Yeah, with the three months off, what a what a fucking uh what a, what a swindle that was. Like That's it, how we it, should fucking live, man. Well, but it just made it made you think that's what it was gonna be for the rest of your life. Like what, what how spoiled. If I'm I mean, yeah. if I'm being honest, that's essentially how I live because I yeah. I, I edit TV shows, right? And oh, I yeah. do stand up. So like oh, I, yeah. I don't even consider stand up as work really, because right. the amount of money that it does bring in is sure. It's essentially nothing. It's yeah. not nothing, but it's... Uh, it's yeah, it, d- it does not uh, put a dent in the, what you have to pay for in life. So, right. Yeah. And, it's, and the editing money, it's like I'll work on a show or yeah. a couple shows, and then I won't be working on something for a while, yeah. and I just take that time off. And it's not... It, uh, the, the, I'm not making, like, millions of dollars or yeah, anything, yeah. but I make enough money while I'm editing to not worry about it when I'm not exactly. working. And I, know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's always this little fear that uh, maybe I'll never work again, but if your work's good, you'll be fine, yeah. you know, and just... That's that's all I care about. I just want to, I, I I enjoy my time off a lot. Yeah, yeah, and that's the personality that is attracted to Los Angeles. I think because that's the lifestyle that is prevalent. If you end up like working in the entertainment industry, you know, is like, uh, hey, remember the fun parts about being like a kid? Try, just try to do that professionally. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even shitting on that because I actually I actually think a lot. There's a plenty of like very mature people that like work in entertainment, you know, the mm-hmm. ones who are in front of the camera, t- I guess, typically are not uh, mature, but like the ones who like make the fucking thing happen. Right. Well, and behind the scenes, it's very, it is very business uh, oriented. Oh, totally. And, and the higher up you get, the, the less experience I think you have uh, actually doing any of the production aspects. It's more of just like, how do we get as much money put into this product? That's very sell true. This? Yeah. And that's, it's, that's like selling anything. That's like selling yeah. ad space essentially. Uh, so, but I think the people who are best at it have come through, uh, the lower ends of the entertainment industry because then you know what it takes to make a like yeah. a good project and stuff. Uh, do you, how much um, how close do you think you are to supporting yourself solely on stand up? Wow, for comedy, I don't know, far uh, a galaxy. I don't know a dude. galaxy yeah. away. I mean, I made uh, I made uh, I made some money doing stand up in 2016, but like uh, you know, because from like doing you know some weekends at clubs or whatever. But, right. Um, yeah, it was like uh, that was. Kind of, it just felt like, oh, that's fun that I did that this one year. I don't think it'll ever, happen, you know, I don't think it'll happen again in twenty seventeen. You know, like right. Um, Competition's fierce, man. I don't fucking know, man. It's uh, it's sort of. I mean, I really, I, I want to make a career from, uh, not necessarily just stand up. Like, I want to do stand up for however long I can. You right. Know? But um, yeah, I want to have a creative career. You know, I don't want to keep the day job I have now. I don't want to do this forever. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, I should just be, uh, you know, trying like saving up money from the job I have now and then quitting and then only supporting myself on comedy, uh, or if I should just like make sure to have jobs where I can like live and have time to do like you know write and do comedy, and then eventually I'll be good enough at it that you know something will materialize, like a like a writing job or something like right. that, you know, or whatever, like. Um, uh, but yeah, so I don't really, I don't know if I'm just like taking the safe route. I mean, there's, I think there's comics that have done that. Like when Kyle Kinane moved to LA, he had day jobs until he didn't have to anymore. Right. I mean, it's great fodder for material too. Like having a day job, it just gets you out of the apartment doing something to talk about. Yeah. Not my, my work from home. So I'm just, right. uh, it's a, yeah, for I'm you a it's a different situation. Yeah, yeah. The world's changing, man. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but I, but it makes me excited to leave my apartment to go do stand up. Right. Whereas I think if you have a, an office job and then you get all tired, it's, it makes it a little harder to like then force yourself to, especially if you stay go out late. If stuff, you go home yeah. first, like if yeah, you go oh, to work, dude, if you go you, home first, it's over. You're done. Yeah. You're you're absolutely yeah. done. I, yeah. I, when I'm working like heavy hours and then I come home and Hannah's there, I'm like, oh, I'm not fucking going anywhere. Yeah, especially yeah, now exactly. with the dog, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not leaving. If you looked into this thing's eyes, I'm bathing in it. It's oh my god, you're beautiful. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, so so. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm hoping. I mean, I it's like I think I'm fucking improving every year. You know, I'm still doing it. All. I'm still doing. I'm still doing stand up all the time. I'm proud of the uh, the material I write. I, well, you were. I mean, you were good off the get go. You were, and you might not think it, but like even as far as like open mics are considered, uh, respectively, you were better than most people were. And uh, even and like I said, even just when we we're like hanging out in my car, smoking weed and chatting, it was great to talk to you about. It. You have a good perspective about how life should be and about how you treat standards. Now, like, I want to be the best person yeah, yeah. in the world. It's just, I'm, I'm doing this thing because I love doing it. I have yeah. these ideas. I still have uh, those, I have some finger stains from you uh, on my windshield that I haven't washed on the interior from smoking after the palace because my car is, like, that oh, dirty shit. and old. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we're like, Dude, we've here. known each other for five years, I just realized. Is that it? Yeah. It seems... Uh, That's crazy, though. I've known That's you since before you could drink legally. Yeah. yeah, the first time, I don't even remember the first time we met. Was it at the palace? At the meltdown. It was at the meltdown. In oh, 20, that's right. In 2012. Yeah, so we met at the meltdown. Yeah. Uh, you came to my apartment when I was living in Franklin Village. My girlfriend yeah, we, was upstairs. Yeah, you guys were fighting. Yeah. And uh, we we smoked weed in your basement. Next to the giant spider. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we, we saw, we went to um, uh, uh, Best Fish Taco, and I think I complained to you about uh, the hipsters in the audience. That's right. They're, they're too cool to laugh. <laughs> it's... It, it it really is this thing though, like the that specific sort of audience. It's like you're oh, coming. God, yeah. It's like you're coming to an event to yeah. to show that you're there, as opposed yeah, yeah. to I want to see something funny. I want right. to have a good time, uh, and it, it's really rough. I was I, I I don't know why if you're at a comedy show you won't just like let it go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so so many people have never been to a comedy show before, and they don't even like realize what the night is going to be like when you're out. And Best Fish Taco is really an amazing show. There yeah. are really some fucking Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely been the subsequently and it's like, oh yeah, this is cool. People mm-hmm. are But I but you know, it's it is like this the great comics do it and then it's like these cool ladies with huge hats and I'm like, why aren't you laughing harder, man? Jesus. It, because they, they didn't come to laugh and yeah, they exactly. they're not even thinking about what people have to say. Yeah. They're you're, I, and I, I, I don't know if this is even necessarily true because I'm just analyzing what I see, but mm-hmm. it looks like more you wanted to be there for either the Instagram photo yeah. or for uh, because your friends wanted to go and you're like, well, this is a place to go out and I know uh-huh. this is like a social event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even the improv feels that way sometimes when you go. Or like uh, comedy clubs have that feeling if they have like a lot of prestige. Yeah. Uh, not like Acme or like, uh, what's another like really great comedy? I guess Comedy Works. People go there because they're like, I know I'm going to have a fucking blast here. I yeah. know it's going to be a funny time. Right. But like, 
sometimes you, you hear about, like, oh, the world-famous this club. I'm going there because it's world-famous. Right. And I want to be part of that whole thing. And I don't, I, I don't know why people won't let their guard down enough to laugh at some things. Yeah. I mean, what you're describing sounds a little bit like a phenomenon, uh, like the, the L.A. phenomenon, because um, there's a the storied kind of mythic past of a comedy in this city that, you know, whereas, like, some club, at, like a Minneapolis or whatever, um, people go because, like, last week their friends were like, oh, I saw this amazing comic, right. and you should go this week. And, like, so it's just word of mouth is more current, right? But it's mm-hmm. like... You know, people going to the comedy store now. Although the comedy store is like, you know, got way better. Yeah, in the comedy store is like fucking sweet right years. now. I'm very pro comedy. So people are like going because they're like, oh shit, this is really fun. But uh, but a lot of it, you know, in the past was like, oh well, you know, Richard Pryor was here 30 right. years ago. And so it's more like going to a museum. It is a lot like going yeah. to a museum. It's a it's a thing you just like take in for yeah. to say you did it essentially. Uh-huh, yeah. And I I don't think that exists anywhere uh, in the United States outside of New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know what goes on in Chicago, but it doesn't really feel that way. Oh, well, I guess uh, the the improv theaters would be like that. Yeah, because that's you know imp- that's like that's like you know, the improv city. Yeah, it's it's a stamp of uh, I, I, what Second City is that the the big one there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know, I don't know that much about improv at all. Me neither. Uh, I know they're making a new Del Close movie. Oh, that's okay. all I know. Uh, I did. Did you ever do improv stuff ever? Oh boy, yeah. I tr- I, uh, I tried out for the college improv team, and uh, I, w- I got to callbacks, and then uh, didn't make it. Uh, and uh, then I was like, I'm never doing improv again. Yeah, it's just too humiliating. <laughs> I I did it when I was in Michigan yeah. at this place called Go Comedy, and it's I mean it's a lot tougher uh, than I gave it credit for for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. It takes it. It's skill. It's a skillful fucking activity. You right. Know? Um. But yeah, bad improv. Well, I don't know. It's an interesting. It's like bad improv is unwatchable. It it really makes you feel awful. As but but when you, so when you talk to stand ups, they're like bad improv is way worse than bad stand up. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk to improvisers, they're like bad stand up is way worse than bad improv. Of course, because so you're just like so bad improv. You're watching people uh, do inside jokes basically mm-hmm. that no one else is in on. And uh, then uh, bad stand up. You're watching uh, one person. Uh, wallow in their own misery, basically. Right. Or, I don't know, I mean, I guess there's other kinds, like you could watch, like some person is, is doing stereotypes that you find in, kind of insulting and simplistic, and they're you, getting laughs or whatever, you know. Yeah. there. I mean, there is that. I've done, but having done both and having bombed awfully <laughs> yeah. at both, I mean, yeah. like, awfully, the bombing for improv is way worse because... Experientially for you while you were bombing. Correct. It was worse than in stand-up. And yeah. in the, as, as well as an audience member, I can say with no bias yeah. whatsoever that watching uh, improv bomb and bombing while improving are both worse than stand-up. Because yeah. on stand-up, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not getting this idea across yeah. and like everybody hates me in this room, uh, but I know these exact ideas have worked in the past for mm-hmm. like something similar, and you can play it off. You can be like, oh, that's not working, like yeah. joke around it. You can improv. at least address what's happening. Right, yeah. because it's, it's like we're in this, the mm-hmm. same world together. We're both in the situation, yeah. whereas when you're watching improv, that's more like you're watching a screen. It's like you're yeah. watching TV, exactly. and you can't like, do anything about it. And on top of that, not only are you drowning, but everybody around you is drowning. It's like in Jaws, uh, where that dude's talking about watching all the sharks eat everybody like one by one. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. In improv, it's like we're all just here and we're all waiting to die. Uh, yeah, and right. it, The waters are calm. It's, it's freaky. And then when you're watching bad improv, you know they're not going anywhere because the illusion of story is already broken. It's if it's yeah, because you've seen them ineptly try to set up a situation. Correct. 
and it's like we're in an aquarium and it's like not for long yeah, I don't think you're going to be yeah. in this aquarium for that long I think you're going to leave pretty soon you're going to be in a restaurant in about 20 <laughs> seconds I think <laughs> so and I don't get me wrong I love I love improv if it, if it goes yeah. well I think it's great uh, but if it's again if it's bad it's yeah I haven't Ooh. seen good improv yet. Uh, not to say like every improv show I go to is bad. I just mean like I haven't been to the marquee fucking UCB shows yeah. where it's like watching magic, you know. But um, it is like it is yeah. awfully like watching magic because yeah. it's amazing that people can come up with that stuff on the fly. Yeah. And even in stand up, when you react with an audience member and you say something that seems spontaneous yeah. or is spontaneous, that gets the biggest laugh of the night because uh-huh. it's yeah. in the moment. Exactly. And that's, yeah. and that's what improv is. Improv is all in the moment. Right. So uh, I I applaud it. But the, those bombs are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's like, would you rather have your kid learning how to play the guitar or learning how to play uh, the trumpet? When you're playing the trumpet, when you're failing, it's going to sound pretty terrible. Yeah, like that's true. The, whole way yeah. through. the guitar, yeah, it sounds bad, but I'm like, how fucking bad can it's it be? It's not going to really disrupt much yeah. to, for them to be bad at it. And um, you, you can see someone like really cool fucking shredding right. <laughs> the guitar. I guess you could have the trumpet too. But Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like, my, like, because I think it's like Miles Davis is better than any guitarist you can name, I would say. That's probably true, yeah. Yeah, so it's like if you get, if you attain a certain level of, like, skill and talent, uh, then then it's like trumpet is much more transcendent than uh, guitar. So maybe improv's like that? I don't really know. I still like stand-up better. But, I, you know, I prefer you know. stand-up. Yeah. I feel because uh, you can really connect with somebody on stand-up. I'm not yeah. saying that the best improv, I have definitely laughed as hard at the best stand-up I've ever seen as the, as the best improv I've ever yeah. seen, but the stand-up just lasts with me longer. It's so personal. Yeah, you think of jokes. You're like, oh, that, that reminds me of this joke about this topic, mm-hmm. and here's how it applies. And Yeah. Uh, also, I, the, the trouble with improv is I, I have trouble participating in like fun group activities. Yeah? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a great team player. <laughs> so it's like sports, I guess. Like I would, yeah. you know, didn't like. So I was just sort of like, I don't fuck. Like, I don't. I'm not friends with these people. Why? Why should I care whether we win or lose? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not really a yes and. You're more yes that works type person. Yeah, it's like why? It's like uh, yeah. I'm not yes and. I'm why would I? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why should I? <laughs> I, I sometimes with improv. And this is what bad improv is: is that I want to contribute and I just don't have anything. Like, oh the, sure. Well, the, hey, listen, that, that's fucking me too. You know, right? But, it's the the yeah. desire to contribute yeah. is way different than the ability to do so. Right. And if you if you try to, I, I feel like stand up can be that way too. If you want to be funny, sometimes you're saying stuff more in the tone of funny as yeah. opposed to like thinking about why anything matters, about why your point is humorous. Uh, yeah. Right. As you, you're you, saying that happens to you, or you're saying you see some stand-ups do that sometimes, where it's like you're not really doing, you're not, you don't really care about this joke. You just figured out how to make the sounds of a joke. I, I don't yeah. think that happens to me at yeah. least anymore because it's been I've fucking been doing this for eight years, yeah, ten yeah. years, somewhere. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Range. You know, no, you, I, like you, you know what you care about. You know what you think is funny. You know how to convey that to audiences for right? sure. And yeah. maybe I've been there before, uh, but I've since moved past it. You analyze it like that. That doesn't work, and that's going to lead to this like dead end. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. essentially doing the whole time you're doing stand up. You're doing research on. How do I make my act better? And yeah. I'm not satisfied with shit anymore. I like, I feel like I'll never quit stand up because I always want to write something funnier than what I have yeah, right yeah, now. And right. the only way to write something funnier is to analyze what you had in the past and uh-huh. move on from history. Uh, do you are you have was the most recent bit that you've written that you've uh, that you're really into? How long ago was this newest fun bit for you? Um, oh, I was I yeah I think the one I like the most recently is I'm I'm doing a joke about um. My uh, how my ex girlfriend is uh, super liberal and she's gotten progress. This it's kind of a lie, but it's it's like based in some truth. She's gotten more 
uh, every boyfriend after me has been browner and more disenfranchised <laughs> than the last boyfriend. <laughs> so it's like a bit about that. <laughs> and uh, the only, the only, the, the truth is that I'm a white guy named Pedro, and then after, and but you know, like I was, I grew up like upper middle class, right? And yeah. then she, and after me, she dated a white guy named Miguel. Who grew up poor in uh, like Fresno? I'm like, yeah. oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> you, know, you found a better, you found a better version. You found a more woke version of me. Eventually, she's going to like date a Vietnamese robot or right, exactly, a kid yeah. in a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the it goes like uh, she dated uh, me, brown guy, undocumented parents, black Afro Dominican, never knew his dad, uh, Malcolm X postage stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's and not that's even a forever stamp. It's like dated is useless at this right. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even work. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and they go to like protests together and stuff, and they're like fucking saving the world, you know, and they're probably have hot fucking sex. Protest sex. Exactly. You hold the signs while you're doing, you're smacking someone's ass with a thing that says, not my vagina. Like, yeah, oh, right. They're gonna, someone's going to make a fucking movie. They're going to get murdered, you know, <laughs> and someone's going to make a movie about them, you know. How long ago you write that bit? Uh, shit, I don't know. Maybe like. I think I came up with it maybe like a month ago, and I've just been like you know t- tooling it around and like improving the tags and stuff since then. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't think of like what a brand new joke is recently. A month to me is pretty pretty new. I yeah, that's like that's sort of my that, that's like if it's going to be like effective in a real way. That's like I mean I think I've come up with stuff subsequently that I just like kind of threw into sets or whatever to see if it's interesting but um yeah that in terms of like a bit that i'm like okay this is this is a real joke so that you, i can do you work yeah. on you develop you yeah. you want to groom it to be part of your act yeah yeah all. exactly and uh, that, i think it's pretty neat how much material do you think you have overall that you're pretty happy with at this point um i mean i don't know i guess i did uh i was happy with the 30 minutes i did mm-hmm. and that was that i that kind of covered everything so you know i mean there's bits i didn't do that i've done you know, in the past that could have worked in there or whatever. So I don't know, 30 to 40, maybe depending on the night and depending, depending on the audience, you know, For sure, depending on the I audience. don't think I could do 30 to 40 in front of like old white people. Man, I saw Al Jackson at improv space yeah. do an hour for myself, Trevor Smith, uh, I think Ricarlo and one other person Damn. in that room an hour. And he was, he did, yeah, he did sure. great. I it bet, was, yeah. That was that was so like inspiring to watch because yeah. I was like I fucking would have I don't I don't think I could have done this yeah. I, don't, I couldn't have done twenty minutes doing no. that it just it feels like it feels like you're letting somebody down the only person only person you're really letting down is yourself when you're on stage in that situation uh, but I I've tried to go since him and since uh, talking to oh God Haley what's her, Haley Boyle I oh, talked yeah. to her one night about uh, stand up we were at yeah she's a she's a genius man yeah she's she's really fucking impressive yeah. dude it's uh it's not, have I told you a story about uh, how she and I was doing a show with her at Brennan's Pub. Have you done that Brennan show? I before? believe I went to see you at that show. She had her dog in her fucking. She was like carrying her dog and and like around her like uh, torso. I think was that. I think that was the the one that was at. Uh, that was on Redondo Beach. That was up in the. Oh It was yeah. like Dan O'Carter show. That's right. That's what it was. So that yeah. that 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 happened afterward. But that okay. was fucking impressive yeah. as shit. It's, <laughs> you have a dying dog. It's actually a dying dog. I think that dog's dead now. I'm oh wow. Sure. Okay. And if it's not, it's yeah. It's barely it, that thing's on life support, you know. It's just gangling yeah. out of her. But at Brennan's, which is a much worse show than that. It's, okay. Uh, oh, I have done Brennan's. That's in uh, that's like near Venice, right? Right. Yeah. It it can be fun, and I yeah. love Shannon who runs it and right. books it. Uh, and sometimes like he gets good people on the show. But that place is a kickball bar. It's like where that's you go right. after yeah, kickball yeah. games to try to fuck somebody that you impress with your footwork. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's like hitting on each other so loud, so raucous, and I get those people because yeah. I was those people when yeah. I before right. I started doing comedy. I was that guy. Uh, but I went up, 
played my set and it, it didn't go well. I was mm-hmm. really trying. It didn't go well. And yeah. then Hooper and I went to my car and smoked weed and Haley came as well. And she's in the back. She hasn't gone up yet. And she is fucking blazing up a storm. Like yeah. She's smoking so much pot. And I was like, how can you smoke like before you go on? Yeah. And she's like, I always smoke before I go on. And then she's like spouting all this wisdom. The one thing she said that stood out to me the most is she's like, you just got to perform for the people who are paying attention to you. If yeah. people are there and they're paying attention, you perform for them sure. and they're going to react. And then based on their reactions, other people are going to take notice and be like, they're not going to pay attention to the first on stage. They're going to pay like, attention oh, to the first. People are laughing. Oh, right. okay, I should tune in. Yeah, so yeah. And they sure. start focusing. And then I watched her go up, and the room was a fucking mess. I watched her go up, and she did exactly that, and yep. the entire bar started paying attention. Yeah, yeah. It took like five minutes to get people sure. going on, but right off the bat, great show. Then people, people, the circle gets mm. bigger and bigger, and it was yeah. it was nuts because I was also like high as shit, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. amazing watching right. this all go out. So now, in these small rooms, I really even at open mics, man, I really try to give a shit when I'm there. I'm like, just, oh yeah, just give, put some fucking effort forth because if I'm just going up there and saying the material that I wrote, uh, but I'm not, I'm just like going through the words, then why, why on earth should I expect you to laugh, even yeah. if you're like another comedian, you know? But just. Put a little energy. I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's always the goal. No, I'm, I get it though, and and that's that's really it makes you feel really good, and, and it makes you feel like really like love for people in this very strange way because it's total strangers, and you go up and they're looking at you and they're listening, and you're like, God bless you, man. You really like honest, genuinely. That's the feeling in my fucking heart. I'm like, you're you're you fucking came here. You maybe you paid. You're fucking you bought drinks, and you're actually sitting here and listening to what I have to say, and you want to laugh. That's I can't fucking believe that I get to do this. I can't believe that you're so kind to do this. And it's like, you know, why? How how could you not try for them? Right. But of yeah. course. How yeah. dare you not try? <laughs> yeah. Some people feel like they're better than the audience. I right. I, I feel like that's. I mean, that's wrong. I, I, yeah, yeah. You honestly shouldn't feel that way. Could you imagine though, if audiences treated comedy shows like they treat politics? You know, you're just like, I, you have your side, and if it's not agree with your side, you're just like, no, oh, wrong, yeah. right. wrong. Going <laughs> 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 out jokes. Right. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not happening at all. The, this bombing is fake news. <laughs> <bombing>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the alt scene. It's everybody crushed on alt scenes. We're all killing it. Alt fact scene. Uh, do you have you have plans like outside of comedy that now that you're around here? Are you gonna do anything that you maybe missed out on or that you um, missed? I, I'm just fucking hanging out with my friends, man. This, 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 these are my plans. Pretty great. Hanging out with you, dude. Like you know, just yeah. I mean, I, I have some like writing stuff. I guess I I was thinking of working on this week, but I tried to yesterday. I was like, there's no, there's no way I'm getting anything done. It, it's tough, during man. During the day. It, I mean, if you go to a cafe, that's the only way I can do things. If I'm at a cafe, because I, no, I actually write at home now. Like that work out? Yeah, that works out better for me because um, at a cafe, I'm just like looking at hot chicks, you know, and like <laughs> trying to go to the bathroom all the time and like g- getting refills on coffee for no reason. I just get distracted by everything and like. I, I, it's like at, at home it's like I'm just like wearing fucking sweatpants and I, I don't give a shit what I look like and literally all I'm thinking about is like what you know story or whatever that I'm working right. on at the time so yeah so now like and now that I'm outside of that routine I I can't focus on anything so I'm just like and like, fuck it it's like I have a bunch of shows to do at night so I'll just hang out during the day do all the shows, make sure to die a fucking bomb, and then that's it, you know? I can't do anything at this place, because I look at my TV, and I'm just like, I could watch TV. I try... <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't have a beautiful TV like you do. This so, is yeah. new, baby. Yeah, it's all it's new. It's a Black great, uh, Black Friday deal. Because I was working on that, like, 27-inch TV for the last 10 yeah. years or something, and uh, this has been... Yeah, this is great. Christ, uh, I mean, you play video games, you gotta have, like, a big thing. My yeah. girlfriend and I play, uh, like, Call of Duty and old Call of Duty, so it's not, like, oh, shit. updated yeah. shit. But when the screen is split and it's small, then you know she's miserable and I'm miserable, mm-hmm. and we yeah. both suck. And now we just suck, but with a better understanding of why we suck. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah. But I've because uh, I wanted to get my reading up a little bit. I've cut out watching new series, with the exception of Crashing. I just wanted to see that because it's like okay. comedy based. And yeah. 
hope you want to talk about it. But I'm going to try not to to watch TV for the most part. Oh, that's good. Well. Yeah. It, it works out okay. I mean, yeah, there's 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 many books to read. You could never watch TV again and and be occupied with reading books the rest of your life. For sure, it's. You know? I mean, it's nuts. So many are out there, and <clears throat> it's also like people put in a lot of effort to write a book to yeah. to read a book takes a lot of effort. You have to like stop every once in a while, unless it's like Harry Potter or Ready Player One, and yeah. you just kind of like flow through mm-hmm. it. But when you're reading nonfiction, or if you're reading like case studies, I guess case studies are nonfiction, or if you're reading, some fiction is incredibly challenging. That book we were talking about with Miles uh, earlier, Blood Meridian, yeah. is it's written in such a bizarre way, and just a, a different, uh, there's a different tone to it, and there's just a different mode of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's describing short scenes in time as if they're photographs through time as you move through uh, a little yeah. bit. And it's, it's not like, and if you read like Dostoevsky, he writes streams of consciousness that just never fucking stop. Right. It's like in Crime and Punishment, the book is fascinating to me because it's every single thought you could possibly have in that scenario. He doesn't leave anything open. Yeah. And that's, you really feel for the character because it's, it's maddening. And to, to read it is a little bit tiring, but to write it has got to be mind-blowingly uh, in, just frustrating and yeah. take that much focus and uh, effort. And so... When when you make a TV show, you kind of you can just like kind of follow steps a little bit. Right. There's like a little bit of a formula to it. Every story is essentially the same. But Mad Men's a little tougher because Mad Men has scenes where you're like, why why did they why did that happen? Yeah, Breaking Bad f- is similar. They, yeah. In well, Breaking Bad is not so like uh, Breaking Bad. I think is more focused on t- like a really great narrative. But Mad Men's like nothing happens in the story really, except for a, ca- a couple of fucking things that happen to characters. You know. But yeah, yeah. Overall, it's just like, but you know, there's just this like mysterious. You know, like they're, they're like uh, Roger has a mysterious conversation with the elevator operator. You know that like you know lasts maybe two minutes, and you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Yeah. <laughs> so that takes a, that that you kind of have to pause and like binge watching Mad Men doesn't make any sense. No, because you don't really like you don't metabolize anything you see. Well, I, I I really just think it's supposed to be an experience of what it was like to be a pretty well off. Uh, employed dude and yeah. fighting to keep that job and fighting to move up. That's to me that that show is very capitalism based, right? right. And how you interact with the world around you when you're so focused on that and mm-hmm. also able to uh, able to contribute to that world. I, Mad Men is also beautiful. It was like a really well shot. Oh show. yeah, like, yeah. Great set design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun to look at. Mm-hmm. And John Hamm's great. I love John Hamm. He sure is. I, he's a <laughs> he's a fucking blast. He's so nice and funny. Uh, and in that show, he's just he's just the guy. Uh, so it's know, it's cool. Wh- uh, are you watching any shows right now, or are you like doing more of the reading thing? Uh, I'm. Uh, let's see. What am I reading? I also do want to talk to you about Ready Player One because you read that book. I, I didn't read that book. You did no. not read that book. Yeah. You read Snow Crash. And you told me to read that. I think. Oh yeah, I did read Snow Crash. They're, yeah, they're, they're pretty similar. They're, yeah, they're Snow similar. Crash is a cool conception of the future, which is uh, that every country becomes a corporation. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, I mean, it's essentially, it's essentially kind of how. Uh, I, I feel like corporations are countries within countries. Yeah, yeah, right. Where they 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 kind of have broader powers than countries in some ways. You yeah. Know. Um, uh, what I, I, read, I read Moby Dick last year. The entire thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my god, I've gotten one sentence into that book. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's very impressive, and uh, and I mean the the writing is really beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but it's also there's a ton of stuff about ships. And 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 how to and ropes and how to tie knots and all this uh, terminology that I was completely unfamiliar with, and uh, and just in terms of like writing a book is hard. Herman Melville had to work on a fucking ship <laughs> to even know all that stuff, and also he like had to read he like read the whole Bible and like all of Shakespeare to just have and and, and to internalize all of that fucking content about 
uh, the spirit of man, and then and then he had to write a book. Yeah, but I mean, he lived just writing a book if you're an idiot is stupid for sure. But to, to accomplish all that and yeah. like all that expertise on top of that, because and then he, everyone hated that book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think because of the things you're talking about, yeah. because so much of the focus on uh, the the ship and yeah. knots and like what it means to be part of the sea, right? But that really does put you in the world of the sailor. It, yeah, the it really whole, does. I, I'm interested in reading it. I just don't know if I'll ever get to it. I read this other book called uh, The Art of Fielding, which is, uh, was written a few years back. Oh, yeah. But it, it's that's... very heavily tied in with uh, the, the Moby Dick and mm. like, uh, that author. Uh, and it's, it, it, I mean, this book, it, this book's a, a more, it, it's an easier read for sure. And it is, it's, a fun, it's a fun read. I really did enjoy it. Uh, so I, even outside of baseball alone, it really talks about somebody's mental breakdown and the focus that you go through the whole uh, world. So it was pretty fun, but it did get me more interested in Moby Dick. What did uh, what did what did he write outside of that? Uh, Melville. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like another book. Kai P was uh, that's what he like got famous with uh, before Moby Dick. Uh, he has a famous short story called Bartleby the Scrivener, uh, which um, that's about a guy who has a very boring um, job and uh, and uh, one day his boss uh, asks him to do something and he goes, I would prefer not to. And then he just keeps saying, I would prefer not to do that. <laughs> and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to, they're like, well, okay, you're fired. So you can't leave. He's like, I would prefer not to. Not to be fired? Yeah. So then they're like, so they just don't know how to deal with him. And I forget what happens at the end, but it's very meaningful. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I read it in college, but I don't remember anything. That's, uh, that speaks badly of college is that I read uh, one story and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it meant. But but I mean, it stuck with you, so it probably has like something going yeah. on. Yeah. Moby Dick stuck with me more and I read it after college. Right, but you also read it more recently, and you put a lot more time into reading it. That's true, and I and and, and I, I decided that I wanted to read it as opposed to being assigned to the book, which right. uh, you know makes a makes a huge difference. I, I completely agree, man. I think there's a huge problem with curriculum in school with like what books they make you read from yeah. elementary on because they're so fucking boring, and like <laughs> the theme for most of them is so obvious. You could just tell me the theme, and I get it just as much as yeah. reading the book. But if you're like, this book is fascinating, this book is fascinating. Which would you read uh, in school growing up? I read The Giver five times. Yeah, and that book. I, I'm sorry. I think that book fucking sucks. Like it's so <laughs> yeah. drab. Like although there's no color in the world, no one can have feelings, and this person, there's only one person who gets to experience all the memories and stuff like that. And you want to escape. You're just saying everything that's good about it in a dumb voice. Yeah, I am. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. But that stuff is so cliche to me, man. Oh, it's the Godfather is so stupid. Oh, Michael <laughs> Quinn, you know, he's it's a, you know, a, a, a allegory for the American dream. It. It's to me. Oh, Brando's brilliant in it. It was. It was like spoon feeding you that sort of information. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. And yeah. uh, I read Ethan Frome several times, and I hate that book. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Much. I had trouble with Edith Wharton because I'm like, can you stop talking about your fucking furniture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit about the wallpaper. It's just you got to get into that world. You got to yeah. be living there and experience and figure out what the focus on is. And stuff. I wish I'd read more Jane Austen when I was younger because mm. watching those movies now because Hannah loves them. Mm. When I watch the movie, I was like, oh, the story is actually it's pretty fascinating. And yeah. You get like someone else's perspective. And she's pretty funny. Yeah, she's dude. Emma yeah. is hilarious. Like yeah. uh, I don't I don't know if that's Jane Austen or not, but it's in that same world. Emma is Jane Austen. Okay, cool. Yeah. See, that's how unknowledgeable about, about yeah. that whole thing. I also, as a kid, I didn't have very much access to uh, literature or movies that or media for the most part where like a female was the protagonist. It's uh, almost yeah. always guy stuff because I was a guy and I was like this. I sure. can just see yeah. me as this. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I started watching. The Gilmore Girls recently because I wanted to get a little bit of a better uh, idea yeah. of like what it's like to, to yeah. be a girl and like what girls connect with and stuff for uh, for Hannah's sake just because it's easier to see what people are going through. Um, yeah, there's a big Gilmore Girls resurgence. Uh, I mean, I guess the season came out on Netflix or whatever, but um, nostalgia's popular. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, why don't you just, you just make new shows? 
because you make money off old shows. Yeah, of course. That, yeah. I mean, look how many sequels are made. It's yeah. fucking. There, I, we were talking about the White Man Can't Jump sequel. That's coming back. That's right. Yeah. So, and like, if you did anything from the '90s, you you could for sure sell that and be successful <laughs> yeah. right now. I don't I don't know why like there's not a new Pete and Pete or there's not like a new uh, Our Real Monsters. Anything there's almost a new Clinton. Yeah, there's almost a new Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> or almost a new President Clinton, I should say. Oh yeah. man, did you vote Clinton? I can't vote. I'm not a citizen. What? Yeah, I was born in France, dude. I have a green card. You couldn't be both. You can. I just haven't been. I've. I haven't done. I haven't done that citizenship. I haven't gone through the paperwork. Are you? Are, are you worried about travel at all? Uh, I I thought about it with the. I mean, France was not affected by uh, the executive order in any way. But I was talking to my mom. My mom. My, I was talking to my mom for like an hour. Uh, like uh, I don't know. I think I think right after the the travel ban. And uh, and she she was like because she's been watching fucking the news all day just yeah, alone yeah. in her house so she's just like lo- losing her fucking mind you know and uh, yeah she's like she's pretty worried um, and uh, she was like she was telling me like don't say anything bad about Trump on Twitter because it might make it more difficult for you to get citizenship and and it's like actually that's actually probably not crazy to think no about. it's incredibly valid man yeah yeah so that, I, that's the thing that I was most surprised by but shouldn't have been is when I hear about. Uh, when the ban first happened, they're like people were asking to go through your cell phone, and if you like the president, yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. like, why the fuck does that matter? For sure, yeah, that's very worrisome. So, but I also I feel know. like everything that's on your phone or everything that you said is recorded in some. Fa- if somebody wants to fuck you yeah. uh, through the intelligence agency, they will. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I've been doing a joke about Baron Trump for a while, like since the election. So maybe that'll fucking looks like somebody doesn't want to be on SNL. Yeah, exactly. But mine's <laughs> better than I, I, I'm going to say mine's better than the <laughs> SNL writers. <laughs> what is your Baron well, Trump? Joke? Well, mine's just that he like it's not the, a mass shooter thing. It's that I think he's going to become a white rapper <laughs> like that's more because he's just, his name know, is baron yeah you know, he's just a spoiled white kid he's and i just he's like all, all angsty you know it's it's more like um darren carter baron trump <laughs> it's more like empathetic you know that's I, I i decided that's more interesting to me than just to be like look because also it's like the thing about oh don't make fun of the, the president's kid is i like don't be mean to a 10 year old who has no control over what their parents are doing which i understand that, yeah. right but well, my joke is not being mean to him. My joke is like, uh, you know, whatever. But even if you're being, who gives a shit? I mean, it's not. Well, exactly. I also was not offended by I, her joke, even though I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. I, just, I don't think she should have gotten fired. That for sucks. sure, no. Yeah. But I mean, like SNL's got its own like series of uh, issues. I think. Going yeah, on. They, for I mean, they sure, had Trump yeah. on in the first place. I, I know, think yeah, that, that's, that's pretty fucking disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so, NBC is so strange, man. The, everything about NBC is just like, how can we make mo- the most money we can off of what our audience? And SNL is a huge part of that. I mean, yeah. o- almost all their stars come from SNL. And right. If people are watching that show, it's NBC is a uh, it's one of those networks. It's either NBC, ABC or CBS. Right. Yeah. Those are the big three. And that was before entertainment was as divided up as it is now. Yeah. And they are able to hold on to that group. So I yeah. get they have like a responsibility to their viewership. But at the same time, you, should, you have a fucking responsibility to the human race. As yeah. Well, well see, uh, the, the president of CBS, Les, whatever is Les Moonves, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "Well, Trump's bad for the country, but good for business. He's great for business. Yeah, which and, and he's even good for he's good for the anti-Trump business. Like when, when during the uh, during the election season, then and now you know there's every time you go to a Barnes and Noble, there's just like so many anti-Trump books. There's like glory, like someone that wrote a New York article 20 years ago, like it made it into a book, and it's just the same article but with bigger font. And yeah, it's like <laughs> it's, it costs thirty five dollars and shit. It's like you guys are like, fucking making a racket yeah. off of uh, oh Trump's bad, you know." And it's like, and he is, and you guys, it's not, I don't think it's cynical necessarily, like, but it kind of is, I don't know. For sure. I mean, to be making Um, money off of that, it's, you got to feel guilty about it a little bit. Well, the guy, Anthony Atamanyuk, who does the amazing impression of Trump, like, he fucking, that's the, 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 his career is now, 
Well, I guess I don't know. Now he does, um, I don't know what he does now. I think I hear him on this one podcast uh, from this website, The Intercept. He does like. Oh, you listen to The Intercept too? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's all right. Yeah, it's It's like. It's short. It's great. Yeah, but it's very. it's my it's my uh, portion of uh, ultra left wing, uh, you know, uh, uh, politics in my media diet, right? Yeah. Do you have a portion of right wing stuff that you listen to? Uh, not listen to because that's like, like I, I don't want to listen like Milo Yiannopoulos's fucking Dude, podcast he, or I, anything I, like that. That, my, that, that guy, I, I don't I don't really respect as a fucking thinker. You know, exactly. My quick take yeah. on Milo Yiannopoulos is that he doesn't have any sort of valid point whatsoever. His point yeah. is, I want you to pay attention to me, and I'm going to say awful shit while yeah, it's all exactly. going on, and that's it. And just, I think, when it comes to free speech, everyone has, like, a right to say something. Yeah. Not everybody needs to be broadcast saying it. Isn't, yeah, isn't yeah. That, can't we discern what is valid and what's not <laughs> at all? Yeah. But he's just he's just a fucking instigator, man. I, did, I, I, I know we're talking about him right now, just a little bit, but oh, no, yeah, totally. when, when Trump... Uh, started coming around. I was like, I just don't want. I don't want to talk about him because I don't. I, I feel like he's essentially winning because we're fucking talking about right. him so much. With Milo, it, it, it's already started, and I'm just like, I'm not going to tweet about him. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just don't want to say anything. And then this podcast. That's all I wanted to say is that his opinions to me are not factually based, and they're mean spirited, yeah. and he has devious intentions. So why the fuck are we paying attention to him? Yeah, that's the thing. There, there, there's such an aspect of cruelty in uh, in what he is, uh, you know, espousing, and also it's like, look. Him and uh, so many other pundits, you know, all they do is they pick the they pick the point of view that will um, get them the most attention and make them the most money, and then they'll just stick to that point of view as long as it keeps being profitable, no matter whether it's true or not. You know, yeah. There, there's not an there doesn't seem to be an actual effort to investigate your own beliefs and to arrive at a more nuanced version of what you believe before. It's just like, well, this fucking worked in the last book I did, so I'll just do this again. I dude, I agree. You know, this time, and just, and, and and that that happens uh, for right wing people and for left wing people. Absolutely, I think, uh, like I was saying, I think curriculum is a big problem in school. I yeah. also think that school failed me by not getting me to focus on how fun research can be, like to actually want to learn stuff. Yeah. And because th- so much, like when you have to do bibliography and like show your so- uh, show your sources, like God, oh, this is such a fucking yeah. pain in the ass for what I have going on. But if you make if you make learning like a mystery or like yeah. uh, an adventure for kids, then yeah, because that's why I read now. I read because I want to learn more, and I yeah. want to back up my points. I want to make sure that what I think is valid, or that maybe what I've heard about and I disagree with isn't valid. But right. I don't. I don't seek out like that stuff in general. I just try to seek out what that perspective is. And if sure. the facts don't add up, then they don't fucking add up. But if they do add up, then great. You know. I've 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 I've, I've, I've a terrific anxiety about um, statistics though because uh, I never got good at like reading stats. You know, like mm-hmm. like going going to uh, whatever. Um, uh, what's a what's a website that publishes a lot of studies? Um, uh, fucking Pew or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, going to that because because like, uh, right wing websites and left wing websites they'll just use stats to their own purposes. So For it's sure. like you have you have to click on every fucking link. You have to investigate every single number they use to see. Okay, like, are you being dishonest with how you're using this? And and I don't I don't fucking have the time to do that. I've, Who does? I've I fucking ha- I have a job and I fucking have I do stand up and I have I want to read fiction because it makes me fucking happy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time to fucking fact check every single article I read. I want to trust that the news sources I'm reading are not lying to me. And now I can't even fucking do that anymore. No, I mean you really have you really have to look into it if you yeah, want if you feel like something's Lord, true. It sucks. It, dude. I, it does yeah. suck, but at the same time you just do it. Like yeah. 
we do have like a limited amount of time on this planet and you do want to do like other stuff, but if you really care about something, by yeah. all means, seek it. And, yeah, yeah, sure. You yeah. know, and like with a lot of that research, it's pretty quick that you can go in and you can like look online and be like, what does this mean? And it, yeah. it's easy now. That, that can be a rabbit hole. Think about how often you've gone down the rabbit hole on YouTube, just like, here's a video I saw. Now I want to see videos related to it, related yeah, to it, related true, that's to true. it. And that's yeah. mindless bullshit. Whereas like, oh, here's a stat. Now I want to see stats related to it, related to it, related to it. Yeah. And the more like stat, the people say that you can make stats about like, or do a study about anything to prove that you're yeah. right or wrong. Like you can prove that eggs are good for you, or eggs are bad for you, who, mm. who knows. Yeah. But the bigger uh, body of studies that you have going on, the better of a generalization you can draw. And you can see like what other variables maybe lead into that. And yeah. I it, To get the big picture takes big eyes and like uh much effort for sure uh so just just seeing stats to me isn't enough you really have to really have to look into something if you want to feel a way about it well and also just in terms of how my thinking works or what i find interesting i just enjoy people's personalities right so there's certain writers that i enjoy reading because i think they have good like andrew sullivan i like a lot do you know who he is no he's um uh he he's he's a gay british catholic so just a lot of like kind of strange uh, 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 factors in his identity, you know, play into, like, what he believes, right? Yeah. And um, Andrew Sullivan, write it down. Uh, and he he was conservative before, but, uh, now I mean, now he, he really doesn't like Trump, so he writes, like, very beautifully about how scary Trump is, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's like, and, and I just, I like his personality. He, he just, he, who he is and his soul comes through very clearly when he writes. Yeah. And that I find really compelling, and and so I'm much more. Uh, so it's it's not so much like, do I think this guy is like right all the time? But it's just I really enjoy his perspective, and it makes me feel good. Not, right. not like in a dumb way, because he, he he's not no, writing feel good stuff. You're put at mental ease by his prose. Like you're comfortable accepting what he has to say, or at least considering it. Yeah, I don't know, and it just makes it makes me feel. It's weird because his his writing is very pessimistic these days. But reading him makes me feel optimistic because I th- I find it so thoughtful and really and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Do you read any uh, Christopher Hitchens? Uh, some, but no, not like extensively. Do you like him a lot? I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. I, I'm a, like a little bit new to the, like, yeah. the game and everything, and I know he's written some controversial shit for yeah. sure. But like I, I was reading a book about uh, like American history, and uh, essentially the, like, there were like a couple of short essays about how uh, the United States got started and how it, it, it's first, like, dealing with international conflict, which essentially led to uh, its inevitable uh, need to stay within international conflict yeah. at all times, like his responsibility yeah. to the rest of the world to be involved in it. And it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff. He writes, he writes well, and he says interesting things almost, like, with every other sentence. Yeah. And that, to me, at least gets me thinking about stuff. So it, uh, I... And he had a very rigorous, like, classical education. You've, like, read the Greeks and... Yeah, that's that, and then Shakespeare and all the you know fucking John Milton and stuff, and I I always feel really dumb because of that because I I'm like oh, no, 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 yeah, well, that's guys. why we, yeah. that's why we do read yeah. so you can get <laughs> yeah. more uh, <laughs> I guess get more base get yeah. like, get something else to draw from and something to help like form your opinions. Do you actively go out of your way to uh, read authors that you feel like you should know, or do you go based on word of mouth from somebody else? Like I heard this. Uh, I feel I, I feel like in the last few years I sort of like would decided to try to tackle some classics, you know. But um, Moby Dick clearly. What else? Moby Dick, um, this isn't one people talk about so much, but uh, The Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, he's, he, he won the Nobel Prize, too, and he's, uh, he's German. And, um, and The Magic Mountain's difficult, but uh, uh, I ended up enjoying it a lot because uh, the prose is very beautiful. Um, and it's, like this, it's, just, it's just a lot of like characters debating 
you know, th- these vast philosophical fucking ideas and like what what it means to be alive and and the the tr- between like the struggle between reason and and religion and all that stuff. And it's like it's it, he started writing it before World War One, so it was kind of like the the book was kind of like a referendum of like what Europe meant. You know, like, yeah. the, and what, what the Enlightenment meant, and then like World War One happened, so everything kind of went to shit. And then he finished it after World War One, so he became disillusioned with all these things that he was considering. Right? Oh wow! And yeah, it's just great. It's and great. Then, and then, and then, so I, then I read uh, other books by him, and his first one's called Button Brooks, and that is like it's about a, the, the the downfall of a family. And um, that one's e- that one's a much easier read, and I, that that one I, rec- I would recommend like if you want to like get into Thomas Mann. Give me the name of that book again. Button Brooks. B U D D E N. Uh, B R O O K S. Cool. Because uh, uh, it's like you know, there's like a, a well-to-do merchant family, and uh, you know, the beginning there's like three kids, right? And you watch the kids grow up, and you watch them fuck their lives up, and uh, and you see exactly why they fuck their lives up because you've known them since they were kids, you know, as a reader, and it's almost, it almost feels like you have stopped it from happening. Because you're like, oh yeah, I remember like you know the one one of the one of the kids is like really artistic, but he ends up kind of like be, becoming mad and he never works. Yeah, and like so when he's like you know just like this loser in his like forties, you're like, oh I like I remember when you were a kid and you were doing impressions of your teachers. You should have instead go, you know whatever stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like it's, it's really haunting. So yeah, I, I I try to do that, and now these days I don't know. I'm sort of like I'll just like walk into a bookstore and. Or like on the uh, New York's cool because just like you know there's people selling books on the street all the time, right? So just I'll kind of walk by a table and be like, oh, this this looks pretty good. It's like five bucks. I'll pick it up, pick and, it up, give a read. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have like a, a rigorous um, method for like how I. Did you read that book? I got you. I read uh, like half of it and it was like super interesting. It's and then I, I sort of uh, I I don't know I, I think I was you, like I, I, don't know, I had trouble paying attention or something. I, yeah, I get yeah. it. I've got bookmarks all over the place. Yeah, a lot yeah. of my stuff. It just you get back to it eventually. But yeah, it's a it is a weird mindset in that book. It's also more I guess nonfiction nonfiction pseudoscience uh, as opposed to like your yeah. It was just, it was it, was, it felt like listening to a, your very eccentric smart friend who like dropped out of fucking grad school. <laughs> right. <laughs> And he's all wired. He's still and living on campus, though. Like, yeah, and it's like here? 4 a.m., yeah. and he's just, like, fucking feeding it. He's like, oh, my God, this is like, well, I don't even know how to feel about this. He had an interesting thing about how, like, the East Coast was kind of this, had this, an- the culture sort of antiquated, and the West Coast of the U.S. was, like, that's where all the, that's where, that's where the new era of, like, humanity was really being, like, forged. Yeah, and that was written years, years ago. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's a very, it's a cool view of uh, California, you know, and, uh, I mean, I, 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 I get how that's true. I mean, I mean, yeah, the fucking Bay Area is the that's the center of like probably the most significant like media revolution in like human history, right? Yeah. Of like of and not even media, just like the information revolution of like just the way like like the 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 way the, way the brain fucking works is altered forever because of what's happening in like uh, you know fifty square miles or whatever. That's insane, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a major change, and yeah. it, it could very easily because of because of migration, essentially, or uh, is it immigration or colonization? I don't fucking know, but like just going further west over time, you set up your society later, so you start you you have less to build from because this whole place is new, and you have yeah, to yeah. live in it differently. So you develop uh, you, you develop earlier uh, differently than you have in the past. In the past, you carry on tradi- or in the, on the east coast, you carry on more traditional right, because right. it's all based here. Then you move to the West Coast, you slaughter all the people that are there, yeah. and then you're just like, all right, we're living in this space. That's why there's so many new religions that could start in California. Right, and the, I mean, Utah as well, right? That's yeah, yeah, sure. So, 
Uh, it is weird watching Scientology. Did you, did you watch all the Scientology stuff? Did you watch like uh, the- I've re- I read Going Clear, uh, and I didn't see the documentary, but I read the book, so like, well, I, I, I feel like I get it. But yeah, have you heard all Leah Remini talk about it at all? No, I have. I know she just like uh, she had her show right. and stuff, and she she broke from it. It, it dude, it just sounds so fucking mind blowing. Yeah. It's it's so, but I I get it too because uh, in Going Clear when they're talking about Dianetics, I was like, yeah. oh, I understand how you can. You, you go to this because you really do think it's going to help. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally. get that feeling of, I want to feel better. I want to yeah. understand life a little bit better. And then you start revealing like your secrets and you're talking about it, and then you're, you just, you're practiced in doing it. It's like a habit thing that you're doing on stop. And then essentially, you, in, in the actual Scientology, you fucking blackmail yourself. Yeah. You know? So I, I get that you're caught in there. And also, you, you want to believe in something. People want to believe in something bigger than themselves yeah. that they're, they're all a part of. I mean, dude, I've been, you know, we, we've both been doing stand-up for a few years now. It's like... Yeah, what, what it what, like? I what what if that's bullshit? I mean, I don't think so, right? right? But it's like, but it easily, it's like just in terms of how much I fucking how much energy and time I've spent doing it, and how much of my personality I have sunk into it. Like, if if that ended up being fraudulent in some way, you know, I I it would be what a blow to my ego that would be. I would have a very hard time. Accepting that, accepting that and getting out of it, you for know, sure, for sure. But wh- how bad do you think it could be? Do you feel like there's anything brutal in stand up that's like uh, potentially? Uh, well, okay. For example, uh, people leave uh, totally fulfilling careers uh, to start going to open mics where no one listens to what they're talking about, and they have to they have to uh, jostle for stage time with like like someone who's like 35 and got a PhD, right? Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I want to try stand up, and then he really likes it, and uh, then he's he has to wait around and and, and talk and talk to like some idiot seventeen year old, you know? Yeah. And they're now in the same playing field. That's like a scam in some way. For sure. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't see that many thirty five year olds getting into it and then lasting at it for that long though while it's still going on. I mean, I guess so true. But and but you know what I mean? Like that that does happen. Or, sure. or like, dude, if Barack Obama started doing stand up, <laughs> he would like suck, right? And you'd be like, oh whatever, fuck it. Jesus Christ, Barack's on stage. And you'd like talk shit about him. Because you would say you would do like a, a dumb like He's doing Donald Trump impressions. Yeah, it's like exactly. stick to your voice. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh Bernie he looks messy, right? <laughs> so he didn't it doesn't fit in his suits well or whatever. <laughs> He's like, my wife. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, she's great. We all know, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I Because I feel like making people laugh is is a gift. Like, for the, per, for the person you're making laugh. Like, uh, there there is something about uh, just uh, being so focused on just the surprise of whatever you heard and being unable to respond in any other way than, like, a guffaw or, yeah. like, a chuckle that gives you a break from everything else in uh, in your life. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a necessary uh, little experience for people to have. Otherwise, you're just so focused on all the bad. The laughter is something that can really tie everybody together because it, it uh, surpasses language, right? Oh, if yeah. you're laughing, you know something's funny or something pleasant is going yeah, yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's like I, I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I can sympathize with someone who is like, invested a lot of their time and energy and money yeah. into a belief and then having that be false in some way, like that's a very scary proposition. For sure. You know? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I'll say that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I just, uh, I, I guess I would, I, I'm proving your point of how hard a time it would be to let go of. Like, yeah, exactly. The, the right. well, it's like, no, but, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it sucks, but uh, the laughs are so great, you know? Yeah. And I agree with you. <laughs> Fucking, you know, or, or okay, well, or, 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 an example like um, 
really hard for like Catholics in Boston to deal with the fact that priests were raping kids, right? For sure. Really hard for comics who worshipped Cosby at, to be like, oh my fuck, this guy, fuck, but this guy was so funny. I and had, this guy made me so happy, you know, whatever. Like, I, I, I never liked Cosby, but you like that sort of thing, right? Like, I, I loved Cosby. Cosby's yeah. got me like yeah. kind of into stand up in the first place. Right. So, like, listened to all his tapes and shit. Yeah, exactly. That's, and, and that's fucking tough to deal with to be like, is, oh my God, he's a fucking monster now. And I have to disavow his fucking material, you know? Like, for sure. And yeah. I, I don't even know where to stand on that because yeah. I can't deny that the material is great because it yeah. fucking is. The material is like brilliant. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. There's no right. doubt about it. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not like. I'm not telling anybody to go out and look for him or to go out and listen to him or yeah. anything like that. Woody Allen, I feel very similarly about. Yeah. Like the more the more I pay attention to like Woody Allen's history and what his actual relationship is, it's fucking creepy. It's yeah. just if the signs of creepiness are there, I don't. How can I be on your side in the in this whole uh, in this whole world? Uh, just have the connection of you married your adopted daughter, right? And yeah. then you, there are allegations from before that you like molested your other daughter. I'm probably going to decide. On uh, this, I'm probably going to go out to, to the side of you're going to do the things that you've done in the past yeah. or that I've seen you do in general. So that's that's hard. And then the Louis C.K. stuff is tough too because right now he's so prominent. Right now he's yeah. the biggest stand-up comedian, maybe I don't know in the world, but in America for yeah, sure. sure. And there's all that stuff about like him jerking off in front of girls without them without uh, them wanting him to do so yeah. or without them even knowing about it. And it's with Bill, I'm like, Bill did it. And with uh, uh, Woody, I'm like, well, Woody probably fucking mm-hmm. did it. But with Louie, I'm like, I, I assume he did it, but is the story like a little bit different? Yeah, but sure, sure, sure. chances are he probably fucking did it. Yeah, you know? he seems like a guy that jerks off in front of people. Right? Yeah. And so it's it's really tough to come to terms with all of it and to say what you like about it or like to support yeah. it in any way. But I mean, even knowing all that stuff, I saw Louis a few nights ago at uh, the Meltdown working on his stuff, and I couldn't fucking stop laughing, yeah. man. I just can't get past... And it's not... My laughing isn't saying, I support you. My right. laughing is saying, what you just said is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And we can agree on that. Yeah. So I'm not going to pay... And also, I don't really support him because I'm not paying any money to go That's see true. him. Yeah. So there's that. I get away with it. Everybody torrent horse Pete's. Yeah. <laughs> Steal, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm, uh, we're at we're at like two hours right now. But do you oh, want to you want to give like a final book shout out to anything? I'm gonna give you a book that I think you should read. I hope you haven't seen the movie, but and this is for you specifically. You should oh, read uh, Ender's Game. That oh yeah, that I, book, I, you I, read I, it before. I love Ender's it's, Game. Dude. It's amazing, man. Yeah. The commentary on military yeah. and just like I should read that again because the last time I read it was like ninth grade. But yeah, it's definitely sweet, read too. it. It's fucking fascinating, dude. And the movie fucked up so horrendous. Oh, dude, yeah. It missed every point that the book made. Literally every point the book was making about society it fucked up on. Yeah. So you ever uh, read Ender's Shadow? No, that's part of the whole world, though, right? It's it's the same story, but Bean. It's okay. That's that's what I was gonna say. If it's the Bean one, I want to read it, and yeah, then I want to read the one yeah. from his brother's perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, his brother seems like a fucking maniac. Yeah, yeah. There's there, it really it really uh, flowers out into so many different uh, narratives, and yeah. But then there's like the sequel to Ender's Game is like set a thousand years in the future because sci-fi writers are out of their fucking mind. Yeah, that guy especially. Um, <laughs> Stranger in a Strange Land. Stranger in a Strange Land. That's a sci-fi novel. It's fucking. I loved it. That, it like was in my head. I like. Would, I was like thinking in the in the voice of the characters. After oh, reading nice it. man. Yeah. It just it just it just fucking crawled in there. I don't know why. Man. I just love when books do that. Where you forget that that can happen. Yeah, and yeah. I I love. Usually when I'm reading a book, I'll get sleepy like a couple pages yeah. into it. No matter how much I like it, I'm like, I'm gonna get yeah. a little bit sleepy. But some books, I am so lost in it that I will not sleep until yeah, I finish yeah. like massive portions of it. 
And uh, I mean, that's what I want. That's compelling fucking writing, right? And I was just thinking about it all fucking day, and I was like, I, my life felt better because I was like, well, you know, oh, whatever. Fucking, uh, I haven't gotten laid in a while, and fucking stand up sucks, and hey, my job, but at least I'm reading this book. You know, like it really, it felt like an actual, ad, like a, like a positive, yeah, uh, like a concrete positive thing in my life. Um, Will you give me some plugs about where you're gonna be? Uh, give me uh, everything in LA, and then some stuff in New York. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, Let's see. Tomorrow, uh, I'm doing a show called Party in the Back, which I don't know where it is. It's at a barbershop. It's on Sunset Boulevard. At a barbershop on Sunset Boulevard. Then, um, after that, I'm New doing... California barbershop, sorry. Uh, I have to do, I'm, I'm doing um, uh, Rod Stewart Live, which is a show at La Quivita in Highland Park. That show's sweet, man. Yeah, yeah. That's I, 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 cool, I, I like, like all those guys. Yeah, and the guys are great. Uh, Thursday, uh, Jesus Christ, Comedy Palace... At nine, then um, uh, uh, I showed Malo. Uh, which Are you doing that's the, huge? Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's uh, John uh, John Parr, yeah. Fucking yeah. good old John. And then um, and then at midnight show at Silver Lake Lounge. Uh, then Friday. You up? I have a, uh, what's up? Is it called yeah, You Up? You Up, yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, Friday, I'm doing Meltdown at seven, Improv Live at eight, and then I'm going to Sauce, which is uh, DeSano's Pizza. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, I'm not sure yet. That's cool. You got you got a lot of great yeah, stuff, yeah. man. Yeah, I was, I was happy all, about booking all that. Those were all fun shows. We didn't yeah. talk about the palace at all, and that's where we, uh, oh, yeah, we really yeah, cut our fucking, our fucking yeah, teeth. Formative uh, open mic years, man. I, dude, I think about that mic a lot because there aren't mics like it anymore. People, it's not like that many people fucking show up. That's to a true. Spot. Yeah, it was kind of a hub for a while. Yeah, yeah, and now when I go to an open mic, I, I honestly don't go to like that many. I'll go if I have like new stuff I yeah. want to talk about or if I need to like get exposed a little yeah. bit and like just get in the mindset of things, but. When there are that many people at a mic, I'm like, this is going to fucking suck yeah. for sure. Uh, so I get, I'm happiest when it's like 13 people at a mic. I'm, uh-huh. like, I'm going up. That'll be great. Yeah. And if those 13 people, I know most of them, I want yeah. like their opinion. Sure. I'll only be happy if there are a lot of people at open mic if I get to go up early. Otherwise, yeah, oh, it's, sure. Yeah, then it's like, it's it feels miserable. like a show kind of. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have like so many memories of like being in the back of the palace, like just looking at my phone. Like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, when is this going to end? Yeah. I'm glad we did it though. Like doing that for a year and a half, that's just like, I don't know. It just felt, it was kind of fun to go through and it's like, yeah, I paid my dues in that, in this abstract way. It was a blast, yeah. man. Like it made me, it made me a better comedian for yeah. sure. It made you a better comedian. It made Sarah a better comedian. Yeah. And, and like you really, you really had to fucking commit. It was, yeah. it was a tough job to get people excited about performing like yeah. on a regular basis. And I think we did a, I think we did a great job at that. And then, and then, and then, some highlights like uh, when Trevor Smith um, went up uh, like really late, and everyone had bombed. Well, it's like you know, it was just late, so no one was doing well. And then he just did his fucking stupid Statue of Liberty bit. Yeah, that, like, okay, uh, yeah. Do, do you think they like cool hats? Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't know about cool hats. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it just everyone was losing their mind, and 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 was they were like, I didn't know I could feel this way right now. Right. Yeah. It, it was so it, cool. That's what I'm saying about yeah. when I was talking earlier about just yeah. commit, do your fucking yeah. bit, and then. People will laugh. People will yeah. pay. There really is something special in there. And the later you go on in the night, the more and more drudgery yeah. and disappointment you have going on. And it's it's fucking tough. But yeah, that, that that's great. Trevor's actually one of the producers of the show. Uh, oh, yeah. Do, no. yeah. Well, Tre- I mean, Trevor's the fucking, I'm happy to plug him. I'll plug him anytime. Dude. Yeah. Go, go see Trevor. What, uh, go follow him on yeah. Twitter, dude. He's, he's, he's a great artist, too. I don't yeah. know if you've seen any of his illustrations. He's a great uh, Oh, yeah. Great he's a talented, he's great an amazing guy. fucking yeah. dude. Uh, so yeah, this has been uh, the podcast with uh, Trevor Smith plugs by. Uh, Pedro. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to, man. But Pedro, seriously, I'm uh, fucking pumped to have you on. I'm happy to have you yeah, back. Yeah, this uh, is uh, a fucking pleasure. Well, so let's go to hang you. out on the secret. No, let's no, do it, dude. All right, peace out. So so ends episode two of More Knows with Harry Moros. That was Pedro Salinas, esteemed guest, 
You can find him on Twitter at Salinas underscore Pedro. Check him out. He's, he's an amazing comedian. I can't stress that enough. And also, come check me out. I told you my shows at the beginning of this. Come check out my website, harrymoros.com. And stay tuned for some more More Notes with Harry Moros. Peace.